not going to make oh, it. Yeah. Uh, I think if McConaughey runs, uh, it's oh, out of task. Oh, my gosh. What kind of world are we living in where Matt McConaughey is going to be the next governor of Texas? That's awesome, isn't it's it? Not, what, yeah. is, what do you mean, what kind of world all are we right, living in? All right, all right, Fantastic. Ronald Reagan was the governor of California before he became president. Yeah, but he was a tool. Uh, McConaughey's kind um, of— He wasn't a tool, thank you. Reagan? Yeah. Uh-oh, we not got a, a Reagan night in here. That union-busting old— Fart Morgan, let's have a fight right now. Unions need to be busted. Ah, uh, they did a lot. He did so much damage, Morgan, dude. When it comes to Reaganomics, is not a positive yeah. connotation, Morgan. We could dedicate a, a good ten episode swath to Reaganomics if we really Look, wanted to. The end of the Cold Bore War the hell out is of meaningful. Listeners. Man, let's talk about. I'll talk about Reagan for six hours with you. I he had that the most comedic comment off mic or whatever while they were testing mics. Are we talking when he told George George W. I pay for this mic, you asshole. No, they're all sitting there waiting for the mics, and he goes, we, where he says we've officially declared war on Russia. We've just fired nukes or whatever. <clears throat> I can find it for you. Did you? Uh, yeah, that's responsible. Did you? <laughs> it's pretty funny. Did you revisit his presidency like in your adult years? Yes. Oh, okay. Through what like uh, channels? How did you? History Channel, books, Fox News, stuff like that. Yes. Fox News. He's he's a. He's up there as far as presidents go. Did you read his biography? I haven't read his biography. I think Reagan was absolutely one of the most charismatic presidents we have ever or will ever have. Having said that, I mean, I listened to his own son, Ronald Reagan Jr. Are we going to judge the man by his son? I think Mm. it's – no, Morgan, by all means, let's judge him by his most left-wing critics. I mean, which one are we going to go by? Pick one. Because if his own son was like, yeah, my dad fucked up. My mom admitted to me he fucked up fucked up a lot whether it was the aids crisis whether it was economics whether it was his stance on abortion it's always interesting right like um what we tie to a president in a negative way or even in a positive way sometimes when really they had almost zero impact on that but when we kind of hold them responsible for it well i mean they're they're responsible because they're responsible for the people around them yes and they're to a very notable extent it's responsible for those people being around them and if they're well, the like decision makers legislation then, yeah. though i mean it's kind of hard to uh make somebody a president responsible necessarily for legislation that might be passed by another party you know we've done it for years what do we associate jimmy carter with whether it's right or wrong peanuts a fool he was a peanut farmer but his his quote-unquote failure when it comes to the middle east the iran uh not the iran contra of course that was reagan but when it comes to the, uh, the americans being kidnapped over there and shit yeah uh, we we care history has characterized him as being a weak president because of that yeah but he did have control over that in a oh way. he did okay but the other ones didn't you think reagan knew about iran contra well see the thing is is iran contra <laughs> shit goes on all the time all the time mm-hmm. then it, under every presidency you are especially during that time when we're talking about cold war we're giving weapons to somebody to fight communism it, it, the whole time. From we've 1950 always, we've, we've, yeah. on, didn't matter who's president, we're doing it. We've always fought proxy wars, but to the extent that he did, I think it was the hypocrisy that bit Reagan in the ass. Uh, it wasn't the politics of it. But you're right, we did. We've always been double dealing. We've always been um, doing shady shit when it comes to proxy wars in the Middle East or fighting against the Russians during the Cold War. The difference was Reagan. They nailed him in the Iran-Contra affair because of his hypocrisy of how he called them an evil. They're an evil empire. And he was talking about, you know, the, the war on drugs. And it turns out yeah. his guys are some of the biggest fucking dealers the U.S. ever had. I mean, we know now about the way the CIA was. Right, but is that 
under presidential direction or has the CIA well, it's certainly under presidential knowledge? Is it knowledge? I ask think a- so. You don't that for me, that's a department that runs on its own, especially <laughs> out of Vietnam. So, so who got us into Vietnam? Lyndon B. Johnson, right? So he directed the CIA. Hey, since we're over here and they have a bunch of drugs, we need to run drugs to fund your department. And then Reagan's somehow responsible for it later. I think the the problem is with Reagan. He didn't do anything think, to stop it. Ask Oliver yeah. North. Oliver North, well, he admitted. You talk about this all the time. You see, if you know something is happening, you don't do anything about it. And you kind of just step back and let it permeate and let it work. Sure, wouldn't you? No. You wouldn't let this go. I think that's like, where our definition, the, not if I'm the president the, of the United States. Because I think that's the role the president plays, is he's sort of the mouthpiece to the American people, or at least he's looked at as, Someone that you put in the office to be like that middleman between what's going on in the government. Give me like a real, uh, not a common man approach to or a common man dialogue on it, but give me like a, a a realistic interpretation of what's going on in the government to the American people through your speeches, through your rhetoric, through your attitude. That's why people fell in love with Obama's because out of the gate, he made it seem like he was going to do that. Yeah. I he mean, made he it was- seem like, hey. I'm just this guy from Chicago. Open change, man. Yeah, I got a Netflix documentary. I'm going to tell you like it is, man. I'm not going to keep open transparency like Miguel said. That had felt like something we'd missed with the last, well, better half of the uh, late 20th century with all the presidents. And we needed it now more than ever. And people jumped on the Obama bandwagon. But yeah, I think that holding a president accountable for being like an in, a source of information on what's going on behind the yeah, scenes. Yeah, but it's is, not like they know the ins and outs of every de- governmental department. No, not the ins and outs, but certainly right. the big key points. And but, I think boy, drug I, running... I, I think, I bet they're purposely kept uninformed about that. Plausible deniability? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's true when it comes to things like Area 51. I yeah. don't think it's true when it comes to foreign policy. Unless uh, you're talking about W, and I'm not defending him. He's at least a complicit well, war criminal, but I mean, In that it, situation, Cheney wasn't charged. I mean, it was that congressman, right, that was giving the Afghans weapons and putting legislation in. That wasn't the president. We know now, if you, if you actually look back, Morgan, at the Iran-Contra, Reagan knew more than, than they talked right, about but in I, the I, 80s. I, but Iran-Contra is so trumped up. It's just so... <sighs> Hollywood? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's made out to be... 10 times worse than it actually really is. Maybe. I think in retrospective, you could say that it might have been blown up. But I think overall, I mean, Reagan, the best thing I can say about him is he was incredibly charismatic. Earlier on before he got dementia, he was pretty intelligent. Um, It was just he, for me, as someone on the left, he just sort of embodied the things that I had a problem with when it comes to the right. Like trickle-down economics, that's even become a passe. You don't even hear people on Fox News arguing for trickle-down economics anymore. And what they try to kind of sneak in now is uh, supply-side economics. They want to say, let's support the wealthy who creates jobs. But they're terrified of using the words trickle-down economics because economists right now are saying that that didn't fucking work. It doesn't work. work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And so they've backed away from that. Um, So, I mean, we can speak here all night about why I don't like Reagan. Um, (laughs) If you want to be a Reagan uh, sycophant, as they say, then knock yourself out, Morgan. But I'm <laughs> that's one of the guys that I'm, I'm never going to have. I always have a hard time trying to defend. I don't have a list. Uh, maybe I'm just too young, but I don't have like a top three presidents list yet. It's hard in to- my lifetime because I don't like 
I, I mean, I can understand why Morgan did it with Reagan. He was like on the cusp of experiencing his presidency, but I really don't like getting my intake um, after the fact and and sort of yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, and and sort of residing on other people's versions of the facts, uh, whether they be a news source or you know historians or documentarians. I'm just I don't know. I don't feel like. Um, I don't feel like that's relevant anymore uh, when it comes to understanding history, because we're seeing right now in the present time how misinformation works. Yeah. And we'd be a little naive to think that it hasn't always worked that way and that this is just like some isolated 30 well, years it, of it, time because of social media. It hasn't had the reach that it has now. Right. The ability for scarier. bullshit to spread, I think, is what's changed. Yes. Yeah, it is. But it, it's scarier to think that it was um, sort of kept under wraps maybe back in the day, misinformation, <clears throat> so to speak, and, and narrative. Would it, via, why would it be scarier that it's kept under wraps? Because of the influence it could have had where when people didn't realize that don't, it had don't influence. You, don't you want misinformation not out there and not spreading? Or you want it more? No, no. I don't want misinformation out there. I guess... Uh, okay, so it was a much better day in time because there was none, There was no YouTube where anybody could spout off any stupid opinion. Right. Your misinformation would have to have come from a major news organization at that point. Which is what I'm suggesting it was coming from. And people respected the I news think to think it was I think impossible. it's wrong to think that. Hmm. Well, then how did I think there was something called journalistic integrity that actually existed in the 1980s and early 1990s that that does not exist today? Not even in pockets, not even in especially on a social media outlet. It it does not exist. And social media outlets have nothing to do with journalistic integrity. It's about what spreads and makes money. I mean, it is almost antithetical to the idea of journalistic integrity. Hell of a segue to Facebook. Shit's hitting the fan at the time of this recording. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. People are like, oh, the shit's hitting the fan for Facebook. But I'm like, is it? Are they going to face any consequences? Not only for this being exemplary of why they should be broken up. Because you got a lot Facebook of old parts down. in Congress who say, this is it. This We're doing something this oh time. My God. We're full that of shit. statement from that senator, I'm here to tell you, Facebook. We're standing with you're you. We're done doing this and doing that. Oh, my God. Shut up and pass legislation, bitch. Yeah, right. That's what it comes down it's to. performative. The the day. Day. Yes. I mean, it's funny when somebody on the right and somebody on the left, like AOC, fucking agree. They're like, "You guys should be broken up. You're you're too much trouble. Fuck you." I don't know about broken up. Well, because when Facebook went down, WhatsApp went down. There was a lot of business people and like Instagram as well. Instagram, Facebook, WhatsApp. They're all uh, connected. Are you talking about splitting those up? Yeah, okay. at least when it comes to their their servers and their ability to interfere with one another, yeah. and also the influence too. I mean, Zuckerberg and his circle, their influence that they're able to have um, is. I'd say pretty um, disconcerting, but again, what's come out this week that's making people angry that we talked about a year year ago was that it is a day. It is financial. We said this. It was financially beneficial for Facebook to allow bullshit and things that piss people off to spread. Now, fucking 60 Minutes and MSNBC and Fox News and everybody. Riding our coattails. Yeah, well, it feels like it because they're like. They're, well, we wrote the social media documentary coattails. But we took it to another we place. It. We said that it was financially lucrative for them in many ways mm-hmm. for them to and let And we criticized spread. the people involved in that documentary. and They were the, part of it, right. And so, I mean, the whistleblower, quote unquote, from Facebook was a frontline sort of employee at Facebook who came out and said, I'm not going to 
stand for this anymore, and I'm going to go ahead and detail out how the algorithm works, as opposed to, you know, being hired by Netflix to cover some of the basics and the stuff we kind of already knew. She went into detail as to, like, this is how it all works, and this is how that Wall Street Journal expose, forget the title of it, but like a month or so ago, I sent you guys like the blurbs of it and said, okay, this is what's in the pipeline for like the congressional hearings that Facebook's going to have. Um, it was like a four-part Wall Street Journal uh, expose on how the algorithm works, and I mentioned like well, we not, covered this already. It's not one algorithm; it's the maybe multiple. a million yeah. algorithms. But they're all um, the interesting part about the algorithm that we didn't have pinned down, or at least I didn't have pinned down because mm-hmm. I thought it was all uh, human-handed. Was that they they created the humans created the general algorithms, and then the machine learning yeah. in within the algorithm itself developed all of these additional. Um, algorithms that it then started applying on its own in some yeah, the cases. AI took over to a pretty notable extent. And it fed the programmers and the Facebook team data and they must have looked at it like, holy cow, the, this is uh, useful and um, can make us even more money. And I, I'm trying to envision like when they started getting data from a, a machine learning algorithm that had created its own like subsets of information gathering what their realizations must have been well we we know now thanks to the whistleblower they they realized uh, the more people were pissed um the more people were willing to fight the more polarizing the topic yeah the the, more someone's engaged the more someone's engaged on your platform fuck the consequences yeah it's it's the wrestling trope you know it's funny because with the wrestling i don't remember anyone you know wanting to go kill somebody after (laughs) watching the undertaker or whoever (laughs) Fuck no, up. He was the one doing the killing. Yeah. He buried them alive. But I mean, it's funny. With, with wrestling was just lighthearted shtick. This is some sure. serious, scary shit. I mean, but it was have... satire. Wrestling's always been satire. Don't forget my 35 minute monologue on, on <laughs> wrestling uh, storylines and all that. The way that heels and um, baby faces work in wrestling, yeah. it elicits, and wrestlers will tell you this all the time. They'll say, it doesn't matter what kind of reaction I get. Um, I just want a reaction, reaction yeah. whether it's positive or negative. And I mean, that's kind of been incorporated and saturated into the way that uh, media works and even stories work. I mean, well, maybe we'll talk about it. We don't have to. But the school shooting, the recent school shooting in uh, North Texas that happened uh, around the time of the it was it was sold ostensibly as a school shooting, but it actually wasn't because that's what gets engagement. But it's really a fight at a school with a kid who had a gun. And. Those are the details that, you know, are obfuscated in a school shooting gets eyes and attention and prayers and Facebook commentary Retweets and, all and likes yeah. and all that shit. Because what this algorithm knows now and what's been disclosed is that once you get people on that rabbit hole uh, and you get them engaged within the algorithm, you can churn out a whole bunch of shit their way, whether it's uh, follow up stories or ads or uh, subsequent. I know I'm a recipient of this on my phone still. I'm getting ads and Google headline um, extra story fodder from things that I was talking about two or three, four weeks ago. It's, yeah. it's like it doesn't let go of you. It's, it's parasitic in many ways. That's so, a perfect word for it. I mean, look, look, what, look what it's done. Um, it's, it's viral. Uh, like that asshole who basically was going to blow up <laughs> in Congress, and he was in his truck, and he basically uh, – it was, it was, he was in front of the hall of the Library of Congress, actually. Yeah. He thought he was at the goddamn White House or the Capitol <laughs> building. He was at the Hall uh, Library of Congress. But they looked at his background, and he it was just Facebook post after Facebook post after Facebook post of just bullshit. 
shit that not even Newsmax would touch. Yeah. Um, and then before that, there was a whole Pizzagate thing. This fucking asshole goes to a pizza parlor ready to shoot it up right. because of his rabbit hole. Yeah. I mean, the, the place didn't even have a basement. When the cops asked him, and I saw the video interview and some of the statements that were released, he was just like, well, uh, I thought that uh, there was uh, they were holding kids in the basement, a bunch of pedophiles and devil worshippers. And yeah. the, the cop was pissed. The cop was like, there's not even a fucking basement in this building, right. asshole. There's even more tragic stories uh, than that that seem to be rooted in misinformation online, like a recent one, 45, 50-year-old gentleman who kills his family because of vaccination yeah. versus anti-vax stuff. So, you, I mean— well, he thought these kids were going to turn into lizards, I think, or some shit. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's a backlash against the bullshit. You guys heard what happened to Alex Jones this week. And he's bent over right now. Mm. They, He's done. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, how many times have we said that? Well, I mean. And then he still finds his nook and cranny of lizard-loving. <clears throat> well, before he wasn't as successfully sued, uh, the Sandy Hook parents, uh, the a judge here in Texas basically ruled that um, the way he acted during the trial uh, was just embarrassing the information that he submitted to court. Mm. To make his argument and claim that Sandy Hook was basically a hoax was bullshit. It was it was complete bullshit. So you didn't take this seriously. You're laughing in the face of the court. You didn't do what we told you to do. And she threw the book at him. Um, mm. the Sandy Hook parents are – he was found – I will say guilty in a civil lawsuit. Uh, but he was found responsible, and they won the case. And he, basically a jury is going to be able to decide soon how much he owes them. I was going to um, segue to accountability a little bit here because – do businesses, families, uh, people who bear the brunt of misinformation spread on social media, do they have warrant in the future? Um, you sent me some, uh, a funny little blurb, well, not funny, but uh, a blurb related to this <laughs> about the school shooting saying that um, some folks were wanting to, uh, or the police, the law enforcement involved wanted well, to. The, some of the questions that were taken on about were about. Um, Metal detectors. Are there metal detectors at the school? Is that what you're talking no, about? No, talking about the uh, misinformation that was oh, being yeah. spread about the event oh, oh, in the, real time oh, on social media. Yeah. And the police, uh, law enforcement said they were going to prosecute yeah. any and everything they that were, they saw. They were good. But like two different guys. Do you need legislation like, to do that? Or can yeah, law enforcement no, just do that? You can do it. Good. Well, I mean, we should have the legislation either way. On a federal I'm, level, I think absolutely. we should have it. If you're out there basically scaring people for likes and retweets yeah. that there's been six kids dead or there's been a mass shooting, which... We have data saying that has an effect now, a tangible yeah. effect um, yeah. in a variety of ways. So yeah, we should start uh, putting down laws that say if you do this, you're, you're done yeah, for. I, I think they had people making threats and then giving misinformation about where the guy that was on loose, where he was at, making these cops chase down false leads, right? So they, at the end of that that press conference, one of the cops was like, um, so if you have a child that, go, that goes to school, you need to go look on their phone. And if they made a threat today, they're going to they're be arrested. Mm. Good. That's awesome. And then mm. it's like, oh, wow. <laughs> Finally. That is good. It's nice to know that there's, you know, kids that are going to be held more responsible for spreading bullshit online than adults. than adults or like Rudy Giuliani for that. I mean, the guy, the guy, did you guys see his uh, deposition? No. It was released. They had the court deposition was released. Uh, and it was even by Giuliani standards, absolutely embarrassing. They flat out, he was forced to answer the questions. Hey, where did you get this idea or this story? Or where did you get the information that the election was stolen and that votes were flipped with the machines? Oh, and the Dominion was, story. Yeah. And he, he says he heard it on social media. And they're like, which social media? I don't know which one. If it was Twitter or Instagram, I heard right. it there and it seemed tangible. And they're like, going to. 
play the whole senile card. Well, he, that's all he has left, right? I mean, it's tangible, though. We know that fifty plus year olds don't really know no. the internet, <laughs> so he's going to be able to use do. that. You think so at this point? No, the seventy year olds maybe not, but the fifty year olds <laughs> know the internet. Fifty bro. enough? You think so? Oh yeah. I all think right. when I was hanging out with Sasha, I told him that story of uh, that that thing one of my mom's friends' father spread on Facebook about it was a picture of Trump in a boat. Oh yeah, during one of the disasters, and they're saying, "Look at my president." Helping rescue people. I'm like, why would this fucker be in a suit? Right. This is, it was such bad Photoshop, Morgan. It looked like something from satire. And these old bastards were like just hundreds under the picture saying, Amen, Amen, bless our president. There he is helping people. Amen, poor, Amen. Poor Draymond Green was a recipient of this this yeah. past week on was Twitter. It, Draymond? it was know. Draymond Green, a three year old picture of him in a t shirt, like some joking t shirt. And some guy went on and photoshopped it to saying um, the T-shirt was switched to a vaccine shirt that said, uh, die, go ahead and die then. <laughs> uh, meaning oh, uh, shit. to sort of spur the anti uh, or I'm sorry, the pro get vaccinated movement. Um, go after him. Yeah. Well, OK, so let, let me not confuse our listeners here. So three years ago, he had a regular funny shirt on and then somebody photoshopped the shirt to be pro vaccine in today's world and then everybody bought it saying oh my god this is a little harsh draymond like uh telling people to go oh, die telling people vaccine, you're okay yes. with them dying because that's sort of a thing with the, <laughs> there are extreme like pro vaccine people who are like yeah go ahead die it's all all good die but for uh, an nba player to like have that wearing it on a shirt yeah. got a little bit of an uproar and people bought it hook, line, and sinker, well, like they do the NASA pictures. There's another sports one, right? Michael Bennett burning the flag in the locker room. No, I didn't see this that This is like one. three what? or four years ago, and it was completely fake of him hmm. burning an American flag. Wow. Isn't it funny how they use players who kind of have some controversial takes actually have like, some Because it's more believable. It's more believable. No one's going to believe that fucking what's-his-name from the Patriots is out there wiping his ass Tom with the flag. Brady, Tom Brady. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Because then it's... It's satirical. <laughs> then it's satirical, right? But if that did come out, I'd pee myself laughing. He had to take me to the hospital. I'd be pro Trumper. Yeah. Well, he was. Oh, now yeah, now no, Trump's butter, right? Yeah. He used to he used to support me. I don't know what happened to Tom lately. <laughs> when he was on Fox News, he was bitching about him because yeah. he had uh, hung out with Biden. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that. He hung out with Biden and basically joked about people who thought the election was stolen. That pissed off trump he got you know butt hurt over it you didn't like my nasa comments that uh were in the group no. chat today you didn't like them at all i, well, I disagree well i got beef with nasa these days because Why? okay be, because they're sending they're armageddoning an, an asteroid so is that is, sasha that's not something we should probably consider as a possibility like a fucking a, a, a comet or a meteor hitting us in the next 70 years wiping out this species i have a couple of problems with it because, A, if it is considered a possibility, we should know about it so we can quit our jobs and start living our life like in a – So that's why you're indignant. You want to be able to just go fuck off. <laughs> no, I don't want to go fuck <laughs> off. I want the <laughs> – Like pull a purge. I want the transparency. Okay, well, then the cost you... is panic. Their job is to fucking do their job and to make sure that we don't get wiped out, not to cause panic. I'm I'm the guy who's all about transparency, but in this context, if we knew a fucking meteor was coming in a week, what do you think would happen? But to it's people? not a week. They're launching this thing called like the Dart um, missile or something like that to test the capability of it, which lets Why me is know that, a bad that thing? 
you say which lets you know that there might happen. Yeah, we've known which that lets forever. me know that like further down the timeline, they probably have one or two asteroids in mind that have a slight chance of hitting the planet. Yeah, but that should be talked about as opposed to that's what this is. You don't think they're not doing? Oh, I, it? I know. Imagine it. that in front of a press conference, we don't think this is going to happen. We're just spending six hundred million dollars for the fuck of it. I know it. You know it. <laughs> Morgan knows it. But my grandma doesn't know it. I mean, it, well, because it might not be pertinent to her. She's 89, so yeah. she might not live to see the asteroid of we 2040 could, me and you or could whatever. Literally, when, when we were 60 years old, there's going to be a fucking meteor coming right towards us, and you're going to be the guy saying, why didn't you guys do anything about this? No, just like on Armageddon, no, you're supposed I'm to be not. just thinking this shit up, and you didn't do it. Like, don't you want to find out whether your technology of deflecting something works now rather than when it's going to hit? But it's not even. Don't you like to test things before you have to rely on them yes. to save your life? Like, aren't you glad car companies crash cars <laughs> with test? Yeah, test dummies. I mean, that's kind of expensive. You think about it. You take this brand new car off of a lot, throw it in a thing, and crash it on purpose. But it just doesn't sound advanced. It doesn't sound like something that should cost billions of dollars to send a rocket to crash into an asteroid and. Blow it up into pieces. Are you being hyperbolic, or is there literally billions? Do you know what the actual oh, I, price tag I of it the is? The Dart program here. Let me. Well, the if Dart is a program, it's not just this one thing. Yeah, they're not going to spend a billion dollars on a single fucking rocket. Double asteroid redirection test. It's just a test. It's Even redirection program, itself is pretty impressive. The, the idea that we can throw it off its course slightly to, to save you know save our asses. The pictures on the NASA site are like the scene out of Armageddon where they flash it in front of Billy Bob and they're like, it's the size of Texas. Sir. <laughs> it's grim looking. Man, They've I, got pictures of the asteroid that they're crashing this thing into. Oh, it's making CNN news. So, so I can't hate that it's not mainstream. It is mainstream and it's like fresh news today. It came out of the blue just like the asteroids do. This is a problem I have is that it's all out of the blue with this kind of stuff, but it's really I, I doubt it. I bet yeah. you're just not tapped into the channel no oh, i am michael bay was my channel that, uh, <laughs> michael bay that gives you this real information michael bay let michael me know Bay's this is what was movies. happening in 1998 <laughs> michael bay is your context 20 years ago i yeah. would not be so judgmental of nasa i'm just saying i trust these fuckers but that's the point is well, that they're following everything. michael bay strategy 20 it years seems later that way to you because of that fucking movie but but we've talked about this forever. What well, came think, first, the chicken or the egg? It's, okay, it's we like, thought dino. We think there's a theory that dinosaurs, a majority of them, were wiped out because of this shit. It's probably happened before. We've had at least one Earth killer mm -hmm. fuck up this planet, and 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 it's. I would think if it's this rational. isn't an Earth killer, let's just say this is a school bus, right? Let's just say it's a school bus sized asteroid that is going to hit us, hundred percent guaranteed. In the next thirty years, got a school bus asteroid. We don't know where it's going to hit, but it's going to hit us. Why do we spend more money on something like that than stopping school shootings? One does not negate the other, right? Mm. No. Preventab well, preventability when it comes to things that aren't human first, first seems all, to be that, that's their area, Sasha. Uh, NASA, like, NASA's, NASA's area. Is one not absolutely asteroids. impacts seven trillion people. One impacts ten people. Well, no, a school bus size asteroid wouldn't impact this entire planet. They would no. have to be the size of Texas. But it or, would probably uh, knock out this whole part of Dallas. I mean, okay. if, if the school bus size asteroid hits, I don't know, Yellowstone Park, it probably destroys North America <laughs> and probably has a major <laughs> impact. Seriously, if it hits yeah. a volcano, it's 
It's not going to be pretty. If it hits the San Andreas Fault, it might not be pretty. It's a gulf. Uh, Corpus is basically gone. Um, I mean, I mean, but here's it's not their area, Sasha. They're not that you can't put NASA in charge of school shootings. And you get to their credit. Most of them are like, you tell us, motherfuckers. We don't want school shootings either. Talk to your but it's all government funded. Right. Right. So you're talking about the people. Yeah, why are we talking about the, the larger should, establishment? Maybe we should educate everyone in space. So NASA should just build these massive schools and we just ship our kids to space because they can't. You're going to use a gun in a space uh in a facility space that that could possibly you know kill everyone if a bullet pierces the side of it. You're under the impression, Morgan, that people would be fucking stupid enough to try to, <laughs> to the, forget. The asteroid is Dimorphos. That's what it's been named. Um, in September of two- it's actually a moon of the asteroid, not the asteroid itself. You oh, wait, lack a, detail. I'm sorry. I'm reading the CNN article for the first time, so I'm kind of jumping around the CNN. I read the NASA article today, but now that it's mainstream media, it might be all over the place. In September of 2022, Didymus and Dimorphos will be relatively, it's two asteroids, will be relatively close to Earth and within it's six... one asteroid mi- and it has a moon, but continue. Oh, so it's the asteroid and its moon. Yeah, we're going after the moon, not the asteroid. Oh. There's a lot of people who don't even know that asteroids can have moons. can ha- carry moons. That's yes, that's what the, that's basically what you would call it. Well, I'm processing this because I read another story like a week ago that uh, some astronomers thought um, they had spotted a new dwarf planet, a new red dwarf somewhere out in space, but it ended up being a comet that's going to pass us by in like 30 years. It was so big that they classified it as a planet. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, there's that doesn't make you have maybe that's the one that's heading our way. And they should explore it's the that planet-sized one, but rockets aren't good. <laughs> you remind me of my grandfather, Sasha, or my uncles that are just like, why? Why are we spending money bringing dust from the moon? What the fuck? I gotta do with us? You, there's a variety of reasons why we should continue to fund. I'm NASA. not big on fucking with mm-hmm. so the nature. dart. The dart uh, budget was 313 million over eight years, which is nothing compared to it's how much nothing. you spend on uh, in, in Afghanistan. Some guy in California just won that much on the stupid lottery. A third, <laughs> third of a billion bucks. I mean, over eight years. Yeah, man, over eight, eight years. years. God. We could use that kind of funding here. <laughs> we, we could, we could stop asteroids in a different way if we had 300 billion 300 million dollars at our disposal. Yeah, 300 million dollars is a lot we could fucking do. Yeah, if I had 300 million dollars, I don't give a shit about it. It's good. 8 years of an orgy before it comes. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> Cocaine, drugs and party for 8 years before that fucker gets here. Okay, let's do it. Uh, <laughs> what did you spend the 300 million dollars on? Uh Cocaine why is this thing still coming for us? Yeah. <laughs> We're like <laughs> busy on our yacht, man. Yeah. Right. That's what you spent the money on. You know, 313 million is really not enough to buy a yacht, sir. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. Oh, it's come a, on. A good yacht? A no good way. yacht has to cost about 90 million, right? Oh, it's probably more like $300 million dollars is enough for a, a fancy Ooh. 20 person yacht. Maybe. Let's look up a yeah. uh, let's look up five million dollars. So, check out my eBay. I think I'm selling one this way. <laughs> No, not in the yacht business yet. Okay, I mean, all right. I read this from NASA so earlier the, today. The Bravo seemed... Eugenia bought by Jerry Jones in 2019 cost $225 million. So that's probably the all, fanciest yacht. Yeah, if you're that's, Jerry Jones. I, yeah, it's not a top yacht. I think I think that's the average. Top yacht. That's... You just gave uh, Discovery Channel a new reality show. Top yacht. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yachts for sale in Dallas. Chip oh. and Joanna Gaines remodeling well, the problem yachts. with that is... 
some cowboy considers a houseboat a yacht. Nah, I'm not. I mean, look, I'm not considering some goddamn <laughs> houseboat. I could literally build myself a fucking yacht. The name of the okay, dimorphos, which means two forms, reflects the status of this object as the first celestial body to have the uh, form of its orbit significantly changed by humanity. See, that's the problem I have. 12 million. It'll be classified as the first celestial body to have the form of its orbit significantly changed by humanity. See, this is all an ego trip. No, they have Why to market it, it that trip? way. So what if there's no asteroid heading for us, and they just want to do this to see if they can do it? That's speculation. First of all, they should be doing it in case one is coming. Second of all, why else would you make this project unless you're going to sell it that way? You're talking literally about something that could save humanity. That's well, how you market it. Is it not true? Ugh. Well, we don't know yet. It has to act, do crash but, tests. But if it, if it happens, is it not true? Do crash, test car, do crash testing cars in advance stop people from dying in automobiles Absolutely. 100% of the time? Oh, That's why we do it. Not 100% of the time. <laughs> right. We test safety regulations and to make sure the car meets safety regulations. We're not doing it to prevent mortal deaths in car accidents. No, we're doing it. Of course we are. We're, we're doing it to prevent yes. injury and death. That's the whole reason behind the To tests. prevent the deaths. Yeah, that's why super people, trust me, in my industry, I know, super people who drive Subarus are half as likely to die in a, ca a crash than most American cars. I'm not trying to plug those fuckers. I just know the statistics. Okay. Like those fuckers, we love them in my industry because they save lives. And they save lives because of years and years of testing, both with dummies and sometimes humans. Hmm. Um, so it's like, the way you're marketing, Sasha, is where you're thinking of it as this may not even fucking happening. And these guys are spending so much money and stroking their own ego. To Somebody's got to play of. that role with this story. And yeah, it's me because I watched Armageddon <laughs> 20 years ago and it was it was. And you realize how important this thing is. Even by a shitty Michael Bay movie, you realize, is hey, man, really those guys were heroes. Yeah, it's horrible. Okay, I just, it's pretty bad. It was on ABC Family, whatever it's called nowadays, Freeform, whatever the fuck that yeah. station is. Me and Maggie were watching it. We hadn't seen it in 20 years, either of us. And the pacing is headache-inducing. It's just... <laughs> dun, 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 but what dun, if he was whistleblowing? What if Michael Bay was like, hey, <laughs> there's an asteroid in 2040? Okay, then listen to him. Yeah, like, Michael Bay knew that. Mm, Hollywood kind of has its, its ways of getting... So how do you think Hollywood comes up with those ideas? Do you think they think of them? Or do you think they're doing research on new technology and they come across something... And they and turn some scientific it into article, a, and they turn it into a movie. They, that's they absolutely are doing research. It's, it, it was already being talked about and started before he years. even made right. the movie. The program itself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so stop giving Michael Bay any credit. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Bay is okay. He's all right. Him and Dre Brockheimer, man, they're fucking out there with the, the golden he's, hour shots. And there's, the, there's nothing Dre Brockheimer won't produce. Yeah, man. <laughs> I could write him a fucking action-packed butter commercial, and that fucker um, would be like, this is amazing. I, mean, I just need Hans money, Zimmer. He's like, yeah. Here you go. Hey, Hans Zimmer is the shit, though, Hans man. Hans Zimmer is the shit. He could turn that butter commercial. He could put it on the Most next level. Epic fucking tear-inducing butter commercial. Motion. Yeah. I love Hans Zimmer. Michael Bay. He's, he, I mean, I shit on Michael Bay like He's all right, people, man. But, he's I mean, he knows. He's pretty good. No, it's not. See, let's do this. It, it, it is <laughs> from a um, this fuckers. I knew it, Michael Bay. It is from a make an appearance from there. a money making perspective. Absolutely, a Michael Bay. quality of action movie. Uh, a Bad Boys really? one. The original Bad Boys is his debut film, and it's not as good as Bad Boys two. What? Yeah, Bad Boys, Bad Boys one, one is not as good as Bad, as Bad Boys. I've never heard anyone say that. 
Uh, I, I just said it. This is the only Will Smith movie I've not seen. Bad Boys? I never got oh, into Bad well, Boys as a kid. Oh, don't listen to what Morgan said. He's misinformed right now. This is pure no. misinformation. This is what it <laughs> no, sounds Bad like. Boys 2 has one of the best car chase scenes of Oh, yeah, movie. when they're dropping yachts and uh, or spinning yachts and dropping or trucks and stuff like that. Off dropping of- cars. Off. Yeah. Oh my that's a badass God. scene. I'm sorry you don't get into it. That's Michael Bay. That's when his downfall started was with those extravagant, over-the-top action scenes. Bad Boys 1 was just a hardcore buddy. It was like Beverly Hills Cop with two guys. Did, two he, did, did he do Ninja Turtles, the new one? Yeah, but it was no, ruined. Producer. Oh, it, fuck it was him. ruined. Uh, By what? Taona. Taylioni? Taylioni, yes. What's wrong with Taylioni? She's I. She's not she good in this She was fine with dark hair. Yeah, she's cute. But Let she's me not. apologize to our audience here on Meandering Episode 79. Morgan does not know his Bad Boys okay. uh, I do, too. I know you do, but Bad Boys 2 is nowhere near as good oh, as Bad Boys 1. way better. Okay. Way, way more better. So what this episode is going to be all about. There's one movie that I didn't watch, and you're like, are you fucking crazy? you got to watch that movie. So I finally watched it last year. Which one? He deserves credit for this. Oh, The Island? The Rock. Oh, The Rock's a classic. The Rock is a good, especially by Michael Bay standards, smart movie. And what does the that mean by terrible. Michael Bay standards? <laughs> well, I mean, he's well, he produced Pain and Gain, bro. There's got to be he one of the worst He directed Pain movies. and Gain, yeah. Terrible yeah, terrible so damn movie. Uh, the Island, which I think is ahead of time as well when it yeah, comes to talking about Island topics. Was, Island was not bad. We'll be talking about clones on this show in like a year or so. I haven't watched and, Six Underground, but my nephew loves he it. He is a remake... Just uh, that's what he does. Huh? He loves the remake. He, ma- he doesn't have a single remake. Transformers, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Amityville oh, Horror. Produ- those are productions. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's his production company. Okay. Loves the remake. Friday the Thirteenth. Those are productions. My, produced by Michael Bay, not directed. If look, Michael Bay. Whenever Harper, people okay. say his name, so people crack up. I'm going his filmography. His director. Director. Yes, as a director. Because producer, that's not gonna. That doesn't do it for you. No, he's a director. I didn't know he made Thirteen Hours. Did you watch that movie? Yeah, The Soldiers of Benghazi. That's a good movie. Is it really? Yeah. Well, I'll check it out. I haven't watched I'm, that. I so just rewatched. There's proof that Michael Bay, you know, knows what's going on in the government, knows what's going on in the the background. I mean, I he did make the Thirteen. I guess Soldiers I never movie. really realized he was a music video guy. He did Tina Turner stuff earlier on. That's where he got notoriety first. Yeah. Shout-outs to Michael Bay, friend of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I've always liked his style, but I am a fanboy for Jerry Bruckheimer movies. As a kid, I always loved them. I mean, Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide's a good movie. Um, the Rock, again, we mentioned that one. Um, a He's a producer. Things. He didn't direct that. Oh, Jerry Bruckheimer, yeah. Jerry Bruckheimer's a producer. Pearl Harbor, good? I uh, never saw it. It has its moments. I rewatched Zero Dark Thirty. Sounds a little random, but it's it, it shot up an internet movie database right next to Pearl Harbor. Rewatched that, and I realized why I'm such a simp for Catherine Bigelow. Like she's fucking. Oh, as a director, hell yeah, man. Yeah, that she and gets Near the, Dark. She gets the uh, war movies, uh, the modern war movies down pretty well. She needs to do horror again. She did Hurt Locker too, didn't she? She did. Uh, terrible I that was movie. Weird. I hated Hurt Locker too. Terrible you didn't like movie. Hurt Locker? No, oh. terrible. I'm like. This wins awards? This is shit. I felt the same way. I walked out of there going, I don't get the point of this. Wait, did he even have an arc or he was just fucked up? Hated the Hurt Locker. Uh, and it sucks because I like her and I love Jeremy. What's his name? Renner. But that, fuck that movie. I agree. Yeah, yeah, it was a bad movie. She made uh, Patrick Swayze, uh, Keanu, uh, Point Break. Point Break. She made Point Break. Mm. 
Yeah, no, that's a that. classic. Man. Fuck yeah, it is. That is man. a classic. I make Maggie watch that movie every goddamn summer. <laughs> that's one of the few remakes I actually kind of think is. A oh, pleasure. go to hell! Guilty pleasure. Oh my god, the remake. God. The remake's a guilty pleasure. Oh, dude, I walked out. Really? I walked out of that movie. But the remake's a guilt. It's fucking fun. Poser. Yeah, it's man. Fun. No, it's not. It's like all of the Mission Impossible uh, over the top action sequences, one after another, after another, after another. The, the main guy was a fucking douche. I don't care about the actors. What? <laughs> How can you stand watching a movie? I don't when care you, about the actors. I don't care about the characters. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Netflix has um, rubbed off on me in that regard and sort of oh, conditioned God. me to not give a shit about who's in the movie. And no, I can't. I can't even. I can barely finish watching a movie if I can't stay in the main characters. It's not the actor either. It's the characters that were one-dimensional and cringe. I'm not saying there wasn't cringe lines in. Um, the original Point Break, but that was kind of its charm. Those cheesy lines at the end. You gotta go down, bro. Yeah. You gotta go down, brody. <laughs> but that fucking bromance in there is it's fucking classic, man. But that that was there's so many things missing from the remake. How dare you, Sasha? I didn't say I liked it and, <laughs> and loved it. No, it was guilty pleasure. Is that what guilty pleasure means to you? Um, and when it comes to when you admit it's bad and you still like it, yeah, maybe because I do like playing God, which is a horrible movie. Guilty mm. pleasure is something like you don't really want to tell your friends about, like, well, a Point Break know, remake is one of the ones that I didn't want to tell you guys then, about. Yeah, that's a good, yeah. so that qualifies. Yeah, have you seen Playing God, Morgan? David Duchovny, ninety-seven, Angelina. Yeah, I've seen it. It's kind of a drama, it's, right? Drama thriller, drama comedy thriller, very. <laughs> underrated timothy hutton's in there too he's fucking awesome mm. um if you guys haven't seen it check out playing god it's a pile of shit but it's a lot of fun and check out the point break remake no you don't <laughs> that's the 79th episodes movie segment how do we get there oh yeah the asteroid talk how uh, the hell oh because of michael bay being michael, your fucking uh my sec- my uh he was a savant when it comes to knowing <laughs> that uh this was in the pipeline i mean who could have predicted uh, in 98 you can go to ronald emmerich and one of those things might roland be emmerich. roland emmerich i hope not that's independence day yeah. yeah. Well, he's done everything though. Hopefully Roland Emmerich doesn't turn into like some sort of Prophet. Nostradamus. It's like <laughs> It's either going to be, be cool. It's either going to be aliens be cool if they took over if they hijacked our uh, information signals and our telecommunications and started uh and started communicating with us. I have great confidence aliens have no interest in this fucking ant farm except to like biological experiments with cows nah, and our scouts. Develop and, develop that uh Let's let's amplify. Let's take it up a notch a little bit because you've said that three or four times on this program. Let's, yeah, man. We're, why? We're, we're because this is a in the context of the cosmos, which is basically unquantifiable. This is not even an ant farm. This little speck uh, with some biodiversity isn't worth shit. What if you've been swindled? Man. What if you've been swindled into thinking that every time? Every time I watch how the universe works, I'm just, I'm like, yeah, I don't know that we'll ever find other life. You know how big this joint is? <laughs> like, Not only how big it is, but how easily life here can be snuffed out very quickly. Yeah. Just give us solar wind out of nowhere, a perfect type of solar storm, asteroid, well, meteor. The, well, gamma rays are probably the biggest thing, and they think that gamma rays hit Earth at one point in time because when all life was in the ocean, right, there was a yeah. mass extinction event that killed off like 75% of all species, and they think that was a gamma ray. And there are stars in our 
in our galaxy that aren't that far away. Might just blow up. Could blow up. Now, granted, it's got to be pointed directly at us for the gamma ray to zap us, but it sure could. If they think it happened before, what the fuck is to stop it from happening again? Sasha, wait a second. In the Milky Way, we'll go crashing into Andromeda, not in our lifetime, of course, but over the next. But over the next four, but that's going to be extremely violent and destructive. Says who? Says the Science Channel. Well, the people who so might. So when stars collide, that's not violent. We don't know one way or another. But we do know when what an asteroid f- hits Earth, that's pretty fucking. We violent. know that. Yes. Oh, okay. So if two stars, <laughs> larger, more massive, and more this combustible, hit each other, I mean, this has been observed. Like you can watch. There was there was a thing that happened. It's, it's co- being observed uh, latently. It happened millions of years ago. Yeah, billions, because it, t- maybe. It, it took yeah, billions, that, and we're applying, we're applying like fractional logic to it, or our best understanding of it to explain it. We, like, just in the last forty years, we've changed our view of something like black holes so consistently. Every decade, it seems like we there's these large discoveries about. I mean, that's what science does. I'm okay right. with. It. I'm okay with that now. What I'm not okay with is like. Stamping and sealing a perspective on like all of these things being bad or being like worst case scenarios. I do, I don't know oh. that I don't know that like it's celestial activity. That way. It's not presented in a worst case scenario way. Like I don't know that the, that an asteroid hitting this planet is all too terrible. Easter. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. I don't. I, I mean, it depends what's your point of view. If you're, if you're going to be as cynical as Doctor Manhattan, who well, thought that life nature's on nature. Earth is right. Irrelevant. So if you prevent nature from happening, possibly. But if you weren't supposed to, that's you wouldn't have been given the intelligence. Article. That's right? what the CNN article like directly said: is that this Char- is our first human endeavor to thwart celestial nature, and it was boastful almost. It was Why like, why not be? Fuck nature. Like, have Ooh. you seen what it can do? Like, the, the idea of... I, we, we, we had this debate a while back. It was probably last week. The idea of, I hate the argument when people say, she's like, well, you shouldn't do this because it's against nature. Again, have you listened to a deer scream when it's getting eating? Like, the idea that we're not supposed to but do that's something not because na- it's against That's not nature. all nature. Of course Miguel. not. But what I'm saying is, when it comes to nature that can harm us... But the deer screaming... Doesn't harm us, uh, but it's indicative of how vicious nature can be. And, and that's we have okay. A, and Look we at have, our nature, it, right? Look we, at our observable nature from a higher horrible, right? What I'm saying is, we have doesn't a right, mean we shouldn't do anything about it. I think that as an, as an observable, conscious being, we have a right and a responsibility to say, I don't give a shit if this is Mother Nature. We're gonna do this to survive. That's hmm, okay. When it comes to like an asteroid hitting us. I'm not going to be like, well, this is God's will. This is very Descartian of you, actually, and very almost like 17th century logic, which isn't a, a, a bad thing. It's it's rooted in. I would say that about the religious. The religious would say fascinating. The, the religious would say this asteroid coming to hit Earth is God's will, so we shouldn't prevent it. That to me is perverse. I would say since like the Rene Descartes days and the even the Newtonian like logic days that we've flipped and inversed our look at nature and gone from 
we shouldn't mess with nature to it's our job to rape and pillage nature. That's a conflation. I'm not talking about raping and pillaging nature when it comes to our greed. I'm talking about doing whatever that's we what, can. That's to, what it's panned out to be. NASA's not interested in raping and pillaging. They're interested in stopping ships. NASA from may us. not be, but over the course of the last 300 years, and you look at the Industrial Revolution, you look sure, at climate change. But that's you look not at, what I'm talking about. I don't mean fuck nature as in we should not give a shit about the environment. We should not give a shit about the oceans. Yeah. I don't, quite the contrary. What I'm saying is we should use our knowledge of nature to prevent our extinction. There is a part of me that believes like, you know what? Fucking humans deserve it. Look what we've done to this planet. But when it comes to something like this, a preventable disaster, the idea of someone saying, ah, oh, it's, it's nature. What are you going to do? Are you fucking kidding me? But if it's a school bus size asteroid, it hits and let's say it delivers like brand new precious metals we've never seen on this planet before. And we can live to talk about it. And we all inherit like some strange alien powers from these metals bring it it would never happen that part's speculative how do you know and, that and if it's got these great metals why not just we catch know it that that's happened before why not just catch that's, it before it gets to us and, and take it anyway why uh, let it crash in and cause damage because we can't because we can't drill out like well i learned this from armageddon as well <laughs> You can't pour down to a certain level and extract what's at the core of it. Why not? You may not have to. It's just sitting on the surface, perhaps. Perhaps. But we know, actually, we do know, Miguel, that asteroids deposit. We, we've talked about it. It's been I can, a, we can go buy some right now. There are meteorites you can go buy. So right. I get that. But the new ones uh, that are out there flying around. They're that not we, new. <laughs> they're that's why they're old. asteroids. I just want a little excitement on this place, on this rock. It's kind of boring, Morgan. It's kind of boring. Here. You remind me of Gary Oldman's character from The Fifth Element that justifies destruction for either, if not lucrative reasons, because it's I don't boring. Want destruction. I want unpredictability. It could land in the ocean and just like a ten foot tsunami, and nobody dies. Are you arguing that we should let some of this shit happen? Yeah, I'm let's, arguing let's that it. if it's meant to occur, we should let it occur. Yes. I don't know what that means because if a, if a meteor is meant to hit Earth in a few years, yeah, if we have the the math and the stats to say it's, we know hit it's Earth. coming. Yeah, the idea of us not doing anything about it is fucking crazy. Like, but we a, don't do anything about so many worse things. What's worse that than impact a us on killer. a day to day basis? Like we're so complacent about day to day stuff. I don't know why you're looking at at this as you're, you're sort of presenting it to yourself as a sort of dichotomy. Right. Because if we shouldn't, if we're not gonna, because humans gonna, don't care about human things as much as they care about outside threats to their li to their life. Yeah, welcome to humanity. I know, but that's but that's a that's how it's always been. Yeah, I know, but. What is the big, what? What is it doesn't the big, make sense. What's the big picture? First of all, Sasha, again, you're looking at this at a black and white way. Just because we should also have people looking out at 3% of the sky, as they say, preventing an asteroid from affecting us. What does that have to do with other people getting their shit together and creating certain societal changes that'll also stop school shootings, that'll also stop world hunger? It's like you're looking at it as a, as a false dichotomy of, since we're not doing this, we yeah. shouldn't do the other thing. We should be doing fucking both. We should, we should be improving our society while we're still on this planet before the fucking meteor comes. And if we can, try to stop it from hitting us. But if we don't, and we we just if I if I incorporate Morgan's cynicism and say I, this isn't going to change anytime soon, then okay, I'm okay with the asteroid coming and and ruining people's day if they don't want to. We talked about cataclysmic events. We mm -hmm. talked about the fact that it would need to be something 
enormous in order for people to change or on a, a large global level. I argued that it would be make more sense if it was like on an individual level and it was private and all that. But if that doesn't get the job done, then okay, cataclysm it is. I mean, why not? I'm trying to th- again. I'm trying to think about if you're not unless you're talking about if you're if you're talking about a, a planet killer, mm-hmm. then no. Oh yeah, there's nobody in left. Right. Yeah, I was about to say there's nobody left enlightened after that. Right, but, but uh, a school bus size asteroid that's like a lottery and nobody knows where it's going to crash. And but you, we wouldn't know where it was going to crash. We'd have a pretty, at least a pretty easy good to idea. calculate. Yeah, it would be easy to calculate. Okay. If you're talking about this planet getting a great humbling for us to get our shit together, then I empathize. I don't with think you. a school bus size. So if it's going to crash into to Toronto, or well, maybe not Toronto. If it's going to crash into Montreal, mm-hmm. should we try to deflect it or just let it happen? Well, that's a different. Story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's my hometown, Morgan. I know that's what I'm saying. Dallas, okay, us, Dallas. We would be like, oh man, fuck that, because I don't feel like no culture here, and that might oh, bring fuck. culture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> imagine dallas in 150 years or like and just come down to downtown and you can see the remnants of diodimorphosis or whatever the hell the name of the thing is i'll say there's not culture there's a lot of culture people here jfk got shot dallas. yeah great no there's more to us than just us the people. guy who says it's boring says yeah great you shot a president yeah <laughs> yeah that's not exciting he was on path to become one of the legendary presidents of or this time. one of the most annoying people on planet earth <laughs> Good thing hashtag me too wasn't taking place in the sixties. That's all I'll say on that. Well now wait a second. I got a Marilyn Monroe uh trifecta of movies up there. Gentlemen prefer blondes, the seven year itch, and how to marry a millionaire. So I think it works both ways when it comes to men and women of the sixties. They were I mean, they kind of played each other's game. So it was okay to be promiscuous man cheating on your wife because Women. The, the fundamental difference between Kennedy and the guys that are busted by Me Too nowadays is that the women wanted him. They want, yeah, women. That's what I'm saying. In the 60s, women were not yet. I, I think that still happens. Pe- women wanted Bill Cosby. Think they didn't? But Bill, but For the different diff- reasons. The difference is though is that oh, Brad. The yes. difference is uh. Sasha. Brad Pitt has Morgan. Does not have to drug anyone, nor has he been accused of that. Whether women wanted him or not, that's fucking true. Bill Cosby did. Yeah. Kennedy didn't have to drug anybody. Kennedy had more pussy thrown at him than any other American I can think of. And that's tough. Any to, other that's American. kind of tough to. So it's not his fault. No, he was a whore. He was. No, a he was. He gave in. He gave fault. into it. But yeah. it's tough. What I'm saying is, let's not. Let's not. I want to pretend there. There's a. There's no difference between Kennedy and somebody like Bill Cosby. My God. I mean, again, Bill. Cosby. Well, the same principle. Any uh, a professor that has women come on to him. It's still sexual harassment just because you're not president of the United States or popular or Kennedy. We were just we, talking we, about this pre-show. Isn't that funny? Like, well, we would agree that there is a spectrum whether people are offended by that concept or not. Remember, Matt Damon got in trouble for saying this. Uh, even though rightful people like Samantha Bee and others basically said, hey, look, most women know the difference between a an Isan Sari, a Harvey Weinstein, and a Bill Cosby or Bill Clinton, whatever. We would hope so. Yeah, we. I think most people do. But there's something about a man saying it like Matt Damon says, hey, you know, we didn't acknowledge there is a spectrum of behavior. He, he man, Twitter wanted to cancel him. The woke mob went after him. He, he paid for it for a little bit. Um, but but the spectrum does exist. Kennedy did take advantage of his position of power to take advantage of sleeping with a lot of women. No doubt whatsoever. Most of those women, though, were women who pursued him, whether it was Greta Garbo or Marilyn. It's very, very different 
from somebody Man, like I don't, I don't know that we know that from everything mm. I've, I've I, look I would okay so let's say let's, you're saying that uh, I'm saying maybe the first chick that does it okay but then once I start to gain confidence now I'm not waiting on them I'm going hey go tell her to come over here and she's gonna do whatever I want to do do you think and if a, you don't think that sort of power ran through him and he wouldn't have that people, way. oh it absolutely works that way you don't think I spent years studying the Kennedys Morgan I, I should come on a game show asking questions about this family and I can tell you that let me ask you this. With murder. Well, they sometimes they, they, <laughs> sure, they yeah. actually they Drunk probably driving, did. get the girl killed and then stay in a different. But that doesn't mean that Kennedy wasn't a hit with the ladies and it wasn't because Morgan, you don't think there's a difference between Kennedy and Harvey Weinstein? Because Kennedy never had to rape anyone. As, as, as far as I know, as far as most people, historians know, of all the ways we can shit on Kennedy, and there, God knows there's plenty of them, I'll write a whole book like Seymour Hersh did about how horrible the Kennedy family was. You don't think there's a difference between him and somebody like Harvey Weinstein well, or, or it, Bill Cosby? We have to incorporate physical attraction at some point here because like Harvey Weinstein had to do certain things because – Kennedy never had to blackmail anyone. Yeah. Uh, Weinstein – practice not only just he, he kind of did blackmail from what we know more than a few females and doing what i want or you're not going to get this role yeah or if that didn't work he fucking drugged and raped a couple of them yeah that's nothing kennedy you see this work all the way down to like platonic sort of men women relationships there's okay. certain guys who Look, go to all bar. i'm telling you is there's going to be skeletons in that closet they're going to be women who are paid off families that were paid off I mean, it's not the exact same, but it, in a, at the end of the day, it is. I don't know about that. I think it that is. so because a guy is ex good looking and girls come on to him. It's okay. It's okay. Well, we were just talking well, about isn't this. There a it's difference okay. though between a guy enjoying the fact that he's wanted and somebody who basically is threatening and blackmailing his way into sex. Yes, there is. A, there's the difference. It's like. But maybe it's, it but is at the okay. end of the, but, but it's still cheating on your wife. Yes. You know, Weinstein's oh. not married, right? Yeah, but he didn't he's rape. not married, right? Yeah, but rape and cheating are two different things. <laughs> like, <laughs> just saying. Like I'm just, him pursuing women and trying to use his place of power. He's not married. They, but the women I mean, aren't aren't consensually agreeing to sex. They don't with have Harvey to go Weinstein. to his hotel room. None of them have to. No, but there are situations where they thought they were meeting up with someone else. There was a third person in the room, and it was Harvey Weinstein walking in with his fucking old well, balls hanging well, out of robes. And saying, after a while, I think there was sites that make their entire living off that sort of uh, stuff. I think like there was plenty of stories couch. out there, especially in the later years, for people to know what to expect in these situations. Yet women still put themselves. In I think situation. that there was a lot of women in the Harvey Weinstein situation who were naive. They didn't know because they weren't part of the Hollywood yet. But I agree with Morgan here. There were probably women in the 60s who were naive as can be as well. But at the same time, this is why I opened with the argument of like looking at the movies and the sort of uh, the conditioning that was happening to the attractive um, women in the 60s and yeah. in the 50s. It was kind of encouraging them to be the girl who goes after um, or, or at least if I'm taking Marilyn Monroe's portrayals and her roles and all that and the influence she had, it was kind of encouraging them to go after the guy who you want, regardless of circumstances, and sort well, of put yourself of out there. Is, is like women's lib, right? That's sort of yeah. empowering women, and it's not necessarily a statement on how women act during that time. But the opposite end of that spectrum is be a housewife and the, the start of that movement to say, like, restrict your liberation and 
given to the societal standards that women are starting to assimilate into of, you know, cook dinner, don't work, take care of your kids. So, I mean, it's, those were the extremes is I guess what I'm suggesting in the fifties and the sixties. So I understand them both. Um, I guess I can't hold Kennedy responsible for being attractive, intelligent, presidential wow. guy okay. and having a lot of five letter word. I don't, I don't want to say that word. I always thought it was an ugly word, but what? Oh, I'm sorry if I did. You're offended by him. I'm not offended by pussy. <laughs> See, I can't he, even say it fluently. Yeah, no, he had Kuda, <laughs> however you want to say it. I'm quoting like a female. This is why Montreal can't get uh, hit by an asteroid, just because we're just too good up there. It's too nice. <laughs> we're too, too nice. Too, too nice, nice Canadian, too polite. No, I can say pussy. I'm not offended by the word, but I don't want to say it on the show like vehemently and over and over. I understand. But my thing is, though, is that, again, nuance is important. A spectrum exists, whether you're male or female or non-binary. Everyone knows that there's a big difference between Kennedy, who, don't get me wrong, was a philandering asshole. Kennedy was probably, I don't know if he was the most, but I mean, he was a complete philander and arrogant. Um, he did a lot of things. That actually, there was an incident where he was actually having Was it a warranted? Is arrogance warranted sometimes? Because of the power you have? No. Because of the good that you stand for. There's a difference. Well, I mean, it depends. It's like, I'm such a good president. I'm going to get all this booty. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? I don't know, man. It just it depends. I don't know what what, what warrants philandering. Nothing. You can you can be braggadocious. You can love the attention you get from women. I don't blame any man or woman who gets attention from the opposite or same sex if that's your bag. Enjoy it. Live your life. But if you're going to cheat on your wife, it always bites you in the ass. It always fucking does. And and powerful men refuse to realize that. Before I got here, I was running late because I was watching the damn the Clinton yeah. uh, FX series that's going on right now. That is so fascinating. I think you like it. Isn't it interesting how president presidents kind of are notorious for this, for having secondary and, and tertiary um, relationships going on. A man of power. That's what is that is. what it boils down to? Absolutely. I mean, Monica in the show and in real life was in love with Bill Clinton. Yeah, so she was. is that a power thing, though, necessarily? Well, you think it was because it was good looks? You think it was because <laughs> of that gray hair and his way of talking? I don't know. We've Morgan and I have had a lot of conversations over the course of the last two or three months where he's made it clear it may not always be about looks and with when it comes to that sort of emotional connection. It's abs I'm filled with great confidence. But for most presidents, it's it's power. LBJ had mistresses. You think it's because he was a looker? He looked like <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that fucker looked like someone's old donkey uncle straight out of King of the Hill. Like that that old <laughs> fucking hick, balding LBJ, God rest his soul. No, it well, was Well, they all power. come from the same family. So, yeah, I mean, I can see how the... the <laughs> it might not be the looks with the president. There was a joke about OBJ back in the day that was, uh, please get out of bed, man, but you're president. He needs to work today. Like He'd say something like that because he was, LBJ was a huge whore. He was trying to basically match up with Kennedy. Kennedy's brothers were a whore. Bobby fucked around. I mean, it's, it's men of power, man. Unless you were a Quaker like fucking Richard Nixon, which he might have had some on the side. Most presidents, um, okay. fortunately, Democratic presidents, so have whores and whores themselves, and they fuck around. So the power, okay, I'm on board with that. What if it goes past that? What what if it evolves into something like in in the future where women and men are attracted to each other based on 
meritable credentials of just being like good people. You think it's you don't think it's gonna you think that one day we might be living in a society in which power is no longer attractive? Well, I'm saying where something comes along that that becomes more attractive than that in a good way. Like right now it seems like we're talking about power and, and not to say that the um power that Kennedy or other presidents have had has been a negative power, but it's been a superficial sort of power. Oh, he's in a position of power. He's the president. I'm going to sleep with him or I'm attracted to him based on that. But over time, if, and I'm just trying to theorize here, what if women and men's relationships develop into attraction based on positive influence? Sure. How do you think I got laid? And I, <laughs> I guess that's what I'm saying. Like, why are we ruling out that that's why women like Marilyn Monroe were attracted to Kennedy? No, and Ken why is that a bad thing if it led to extramarital affairs, but it was rooted in something that was sort of wholesome? It just depends on the situation. Wholesome. Wholesome. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm not an advocate for um, infidelity. I'm just saying I understand it a little bit. I I think every human gets it at times. But again, it just depends on the situation, Sasha. Again, Kennedy did not LBJ did not look like Ted um, Right. But John F JFK. Right. Okay. Um so it just depends on the situation. If you were to tell me no, she thought he was good looking, she thought he was attractive and charismatic, I would believe that too. But you have a situation where if somebody said Oh my God! I thought LBJ was so hot, and that's why I fucked him. It's like <laughs> I would have a hard time believing that. I'd be like, "Hey, eh, he's a sure. it's because he was a president." So it just depends on the situation. Sometimes you do click. I mean, people have asked Maggie, "Goofy looking Mexican, you're with? How that happened?" So right. I mean, sometimes you you, you get do, lucky. We do that all the yeah, we do that all the time. Like when we see couples or uh, people in public, we just like, "Damn, she's a ten. She's How with the him. Fuck is she with that ugly motherfucker? Right. Like we do that all the time with people, and we're like we we joke about Mark Anthony, uh, who was with Miss Universe and J Lo, mm -hmm. and like this this thin pencil, oh, Ren and Stimpy looking motherfucker. Yeah. Like we we assume he has like a ten inch cock or something. <laughs> I thought that for years as a kid because I saw before J Lo he was with Diana Torres, Miss Universe, probably one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my entire life. Green eyed Puerto Rican girl. Okay. Looks like a painting. She was so beautiful back in the day. And I'm like, that's who Mark Anthony got? Mm. This chihuahua-looking motherfucker? <laughs> like, Do you think women are attracted to um, the history of a man uh, relationship-wise? As far as like, oh, he was with her? Ooh. Oh, that absolutely helps a lot yeah. of the times. If that's like, there was, with a guy like Mark Anthony. Wasn't there a movie where a guy pulled out a picture of his – I think it was Seinfeld. The guy pulled out a picture of his ex, and the girls at the club were like, oh, my God, she's beautiful. Mm, no. Well, can I get you a drink? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what it was? was like, you know, I don't know if guys really watch the show very much, but George's, George was, was, a, was going to get married, right? Ah, yeah. And he buys these super cheap envelopes that, like the cheapest envelopes to send out the wedding invitations, oh, right? Oh, that's right. That's and so she's licking the stamps and ends up dying. It's poison <laughs> and dies. Because of the cheap glue or whatever on them. And so like later on, some of those episodes where he had like a picture that came with the wallet or something ah, and was right. using the my fiance died. And this is a picture of my fiance oh, and it was a hot gosh. chick. And he was, that's how he was working. And that's how game. he was working the, the, the chicks. It worked. 
It and I've, I've heard yes. of, I've heard of that happen in real life. I've had guy friends tell me they didn't do that, pull pull out a, a fake picture, <laughs> but they would they would show um, the girls at the clubs. They would come at them with a sad angle. Yeah, we just broke up, and you know it was really really rough time. Like, can I see a picture of her? And then he pulls out the, the best picture of his ex, mm-hmm. and the girls are just like, oh, she's really pretty. Do you want to buy me a drink? And like, there's something about if 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 a man seems if other women seem attracted to a man, there must Instant, be something there. Yeah. So they, they become attracted too. Well, then maybe that was the JFK syndrome. Maybe. When it came to women. Maybe. Is that he was just such a, a ladies' man, even if he wasn't at first. Let, let's say he'd only slept I'm with saying five or six women. He had to put the vibe out there. They weren't just coming to him. Man. He was. I don't know. God, to be I, a fly in the room. That'd be amazing. During the Kennedy years, dude. Well, maybe we'll learn. Maybe it's all in those sealed. Uh, those sealed files that don't get open until like 2066 or whatever year it is. Yeah. Well, we find out who actually killed him. Yeah, but then the asteroid will hit by then. <laughs> and we'll be able to say, we'll be in a nursing home pointing at Sasha. See? We should have deflected that. We should have deflected it, Sasha. You said <laughs> Whatever the fuck. Stupid ass name. I blame you, Sasha. I mean, you told him not to fund it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they don't listen to me anyways. Oh, shit. They kind of do the opposite. I'm worried, no, I am worried about them listening to you. You put it out there, there's going to be that fucking doubt you're putting out in the universe that we shouldn't fund this sort of thing. No. we're going to be screwed. I'm representing the other side of the spectrum, which inevitably uh, will arise out of this story if it gains traction and commentary amongst the common folk. But I don't think this one will. I don't think people care. That's why I'm saying, like, even if there was a school bus size asteroid that was confirmed to, like, be heading this way in the next 20, 30 years, does it change the guy who's like, does it change his day tomorrow? The you know, guy who wakes up, who, who's like, yeah, got to go, uh, got to go hop in a garbage truck and pick up trash and do this for a living. And, it's coming 20 years from now. Why should it affect him today? Hmm. It's like that. Yeah, it depends when it's coming. It's like the, if you had 24 hours to live question, like what would you do? And in, in, if you knew you were going to die in a year. In a year? Yeah. I would try. I would max out my shit and travel. But if you know you're going to die in 30 years, does that change like drastically? I think sure. I probably am going to die in 30 I years. So know if I'm gonna, <laughs> I don't even know if I'm going to be alive in 30 years. Yeah. What the fuck happens? I mean, I'm going to be my 60. Why do I give a shit now uh, about that? Yeah. I'm not worried about 30 years. We're about three years from now. Motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. First of all, Sasha, it depends who it is, too. Because there's going to be people who are smart. If they find out a. Um, asteroid is coming in a year. Um, you know what I'm going to go do? I'm going to go make up with my brother who I haven't spoken to in 20 years. I'm going to go visit my mom in the nursing home and I'm going to tell my wife how much I love her. You're going to have other of these motherfuckers war- wanting to find out where the asteroid hits so they can get video of it and put it on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, well, well, dude, you're going to die after. So what? I'll get all the likes I've never had before. Yeah. Like, like there's when if an asteroid hits, you're gonna be screaming a world star as it happens. That's a chunk of this fucking generation and Gen Z. Like they're fucking crazy. Uh, they when it are. comes to this man. See, bringing me back to uh, the whole social media. Oh, good. Cancer. It's perfect to think back about about that in the context of this conversation of what if the world ended? Because I I think to myself it would as pathetic and as embarrassing as it may sound um our species um a great chunk of them would be thinking okay 
how do I exploit this for my internet clout? Or how can I gain financial lucrivity in the final days of it? In the final days of it through the internet. As if there were any reason to like do that. Like you could spend it afterward and these morons would be like, but I think what's scary, but but that applies, it applies in a broader spectrum, of course, but that's said about life. It's like, you can't take it with you when you die anyways. I mean, you can certainly leave your kids and your family members more of a financial uh, accruement and uh, legacy than, you know, they would expect if you don't do anything with your life. But for personal like satisfaction and gratification, when you die, it doesn't matter how much money you have to your name. Like yeah, you're not you spending any of it. So the same logic applies, regardless of like catastrophe. People, and, people don't see it that way though, because when it, here's here's but what's, that's, that's a reality. But here's what's scary about social media and internet clout. Hmm. You can't be buried with your money, but Gen Z sees internet clout as making you live forever. It's that's why it's, it's more so temporary, but it's more important to them than money because I can't be buried with my money, but my internet clout may may put my name out there forever. But the attention span stats, the fact that the internet we know one day will be no longer in its current form at you don't least. Think about that. It, it'll evolve. I bet okay. Have you talked to Gen Z lately, Sasha? No, I don't have a single twenty to twenty five year old bait person that I engage so in We're talking nineteen year olds. Uh, I talked to my uh, nephew and his. You don't either, do you Morgan? There's no one eighteen to twenty five family member even not really. Yeah. But it's I weird. can relate. You're the only source here of like and actual and contact they, with the Gen Z absolutely terrifies me. Dang. This is a generation that a good portion of them, not all of them, you'll get on YouTube right now and you'll find some of them making fun of the rest of them, but for the most part a terrible, a terrifying amount of Gen Z, a portion of them is so obsessed with internet clout. They will do anything, and I mean absolutely anything to gain internet clout and it's it's poisonous and it's terrifying to think about it's like a mass psychosis at this point a lot it is mass psychosis a lot of stuff happened the week of this recording including the facebook outage um that you mentioned earlier in this episode that took down everything i'm glad to say i had no clue same here (laughs) i didn't uh really take note of it until i saw people on my uh twitter feed saying there's an influx of a lot of users. Like even Twitter came out and said, then their their main they, account they said welcome everyone or something like that because they were the only ones who were still up and running. So, so they like, needed what to the fix heck's that going way. on? Uh, yeah, what the heck's going on? Because I hadn't been on either of the other two platforms, and then I read about what was happening. Shouldn't we try like to forcibly like let's treat it like the asteroid project like the dark project we're running an asteroid or we're running rockets into an asteroid to see what the result is in case of cataclysm actually happening so shouldn't we test out a day without the internet unplug or a day without social media a day without social media perhaps yeah internet's different yeah internet's different because of the economy of things (laughs) i got a job i got something to stream yeah, but some people would argue that their work is like social media driven, and that's like the Gen yeah. Z crowd, and that's why it gets sensitive with them. Um, because yeah, dude, dude, I, would, I can't upload my tenth video of the week. I on would love YouTube. Please, I would love to see. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna put what say what I want to say, which is I wish Just I could hire it. someone to fucking crash TikTok. Mm. I would love to observe with glee 
TikTok crashing for a day. That'd be awesome. Because you could see, I promise you, the reaction of Gen Z if TikTok crashed, some of them would be in hysterics. Good. I mean, I agree, good. I think that that most of social media is poisonous. I hate Facebook. I hate Twitter. But the worst right now, I say without hesitation, is absolutely TikTok. The studies that have come out showing what it does to their attention span in particular, yeah. how it's raised their depression in Gen, uh, Gen Z. Yeah. They're, they're so dopamine addicted. Mm-hmm. They can't be with in that. Short t- in short spurts. In short spurts. And and it's just the the culture of TikTok is, is different from Facebook because even though the niche fun stuff of Facebook went away, it used to be about checking out our friends. Yeah. Instagram was about making people check out you. TikTok is what ever the fuck you can do for clout for six to ten seconds for six to ten seconds you're gonna do they have kids one of them got busted here in da- at our walmart i say ours and i haven't been there in a while uh the the walmart the neighborhood one mm. kid got busted for running in there taking off his shirt and pouring milk all over his face and back and stuff to put it on tiktok stuff i wish i didn't know ever existed yeah i mean i heard about it, it happened here in dallas i'm like oh my god i'm so embarrassed i recognize that walmart <laughs> so it's just <laughs> It doesn't matter how fucking stupid you look. It doesn't matter if somebody gets hurt or if you get arrested. If you can get views on TikTok, you're you're fucking awesome. How far are we realistically? We open the show with brief mentions of um, prosecuting misinformation uh, online. How far are we from prosecuting idiocy online? I think there's a good backlash. I mean, um, there was this one piece of shit who basically climbed the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, he was a streamer last year, and he got arrested, and, he's, and he got investigated, investigated by the FBI for making bomb threats uh, while streaming. He was a Twitch streamer doing mm-hmm. this. And so, and they threw the book at him. I think he's actually facing like five years right now for the threats. Tide Pod Challenge from like three, four years ago. Like, why, why not, why limit it at stuff like that where a threat is involved? Why not the freedom to harm yourself based on uh, clout chasing or misinformation is that a freedom that should be uh, respected um it just depends what it is is it law breaking and if you're are you spreading something that's going to cur- cause well, people to hurt themselves there's some culpability he, in there legally yeah. if if the first person who started the tide pod challenge led to the second to the third to the fourth yeah um and the fact that the virality of the first person going and getting like a million views off of that. And yeah. that's what sparked the second, the third, the fourth, and the fifth was the attention and the influence that they observed the first getting. Then, yeah, you can prosecute the instigator of like some stupid, shitty movement online. That's dangerous. What if that's one per- slippery slope? One person goes to the hospital because of the Tide Pod Challenge, which I believe like several did, um, <laughs> then why not hold the catalyst of the movement? accountable for that where does that stop i mean it doesn't when it comes to hazardous things that's the point jackass the movie yeah funny if and and they they put the disclaimer though at the start of the jackass show don't do this at home they do it on wrestling so if i throw a disclaimer on my on my you're absolved yeah i'm absolved yeah um don't try this at home when i eat a tie pod well, that's, that's a little different because it is well, it. Well, it boils. I down. don't know that it is. Well, it boils down maybe to the attention span stuff that uh, we're discussing yeah, I, as well. Because the Tide Pod spans... Challenge was like a 20 second video. Jackass is a running TV show. We know what we're getting with it. We know that if we tune into Jackass, we're going to be seeing the name of the show itself is called Jackass. So you you kind of like they're not trying to. But they got popular by doing goofy shit that caused them pain and hurt. 
And if other people yeah. went down those paths, they themselves probably got hurt. You don't think there's a long line of people oh, yeah. who tried to do the stupid shit they saw on TV that got hurt? Based on but jackass. But we don't yeah, necessarily absolutely. hold jackass accountable for it. I, and I don't think you should. So I, 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 have, I think that's that dangerous slope where you can't just go, oh, you started this trend. Yeah. Uh, you're being prosecuted. But I, can't I don't we do it do. For me, data? it's like, it's kind of Darwinism. I, if yeah, someone, if someone say, ate yeah. a Tide Pod and died, good. You're so fucking stupid to just do something that bye, sure. see you get off the planet. But if they're uninformed and they're just being influenced, then what? Bye, see ya. Parents yeah, should have talked you better. That's exactly who I feel. It's mm-hmm. like I, 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 part of me empathizes with you when it comes to going after people who start these trends. But at the same time, it's like, wait a minute, this is social Darwinism taking place. There was a, a guy online on Reddit that said, you know what? I want, it, he, shouldn't, he shouldn't have even put himself, uh, out there to say this. I don't think they can find out who said this, but a guy on Reddit said, no, we should start trends that actually get these young idiots killed because that'll escalate <laughs> the social Darwinism and it will filter out all the fucking morons of Gen Z much quicker and millennials. So let's do the whole, uh, let's see what happens whenever we put bleach and uh, ammonia together and that challenge in your bathroom and see how that happens. And hey, start, let's play some Russian roulette. Yeah. Um, you, we course, could. We could. Of course. F- of course, my gun's not going to have any bullets in it at all, but I'm going to put it out there like it does. <laughs> Twitter is actually, um, they've let me know, or they've let accounts know, I guess, that they're going to start rolling out. This is through the, uh, what was that thing we are talking about? Ah, I can't remember it now. The uh, Birdwatch. Is that what it was called? Yeah. Is that? This is through the Birdwatch program. They let me know that they're going to start rolling out disclaimers for conversations that have heavy traction on Twitter, like more than, I guess, 10 or 15 replies within the thread. They're going to start rolling disclaimers to people out based on the intensity of the conversation saying, it's going to be like a warning saying, this conversation could be intense. This conversation could contain misinformation. We're going to like rate them like this is a rated R conversation. This is PG. We're going to rate them based on the Yeah, what the fuck does intensity based on the emotional intensity you could experience by being engaged within the conversation. That's so subjective and And fucking stupid. Twitter's going to start doing it. They've actually started doing it um, with high brow accounts and high ranking accounts on the internet that kind of have what's what's heated what if somebody says damn or shit but they're in a lighthearted, joking way or if somebody doesn't have any customers but they're basically calling somebody a loser and a moron depends on what the machine learned yes it does depend on what the machine learned we're supposed to trust the machine or the algorithm well it's just learning based on input it is yeah can't deny why is it why this guy said it's giving a directive and it's just it's gathering the input and moving towards the what is their incentive to provide this quote-unquote service so they're trying to protect the emotional it may be like a warning label for like a trigger warning don't know what they're getting into yeah so basically twitter is basically giving emotional trigger warnings for people they're policing conversations on their own platform in light i would think of what's happened on facebook and all of the people that have been swayed one way or another very heatedly and very emotionally, and that's backfiring on Facebook. And I don't think Twitter wants any of that to make its way to their platform, which it probably should have. Twitter needs to do their job when it comes to fighting misinformation, but fighting Twitter's but the worried grandma in all this, and Facebook is the 
go about it and do what the fuck you want. And uh, we're not, we want to be absolved of all responsibility and accountability. Those are the two. Twitter's extremes. full of shit and fuck Jack Dorsey because what they're doing is they're pretending to care. They're saying we're going to provide you an, Twitter's an emotional. Twitter's banned a lot of trashy accounts in the last two years Still that we don't have to deal with anymore. Because but, I mean, they're, they're, they're basically virtue signaling by saying we're going to provide the public with an emotional what does virtue signaling mean i've always wanted to ask you that virtual signaling virtue Virtue signaling signaling, i would i would in my own terms well i would say you look it up first Uh, you tell me first (laughs) virtue signaling in my um assessment over the last decade is basically a holier than thou this is in the oxford dictionary give me a fucking break yeah it has to be now it's a holier-than-thou assessment in which you place yourself on a pedestal above others, uh, displaying virtue. And, and usually, in the context it's used nowadays, it's we're basically uh, I'm lecturing you. But it's their own platform; they can do whatever they want. Yeah. What I'm saying is, is that it's all performative, Sasha. It's bullshit. They're basically it's what the internet is. Yeah, and they're basically bullshit. Yeah, no, performative. Well, that's what they're doing. It's all performative. It's not tangible good. They're basically saying we're going to provide our audience with an emotional safe space and trigger warnings. But what they should be doing is just fighting misinformation. They're doing what Instagram actually I noticed did before I left, which is saying there was a big red line at the bottom of a post saying yeah. there's misinformation here or there's information here that's partially untrue. That's a good thing. That's what Twitter yeah, should but, stick to. Yeah, but then I have to interpret what what part cause the warning about it being misinformation. And that's why you can click on a link and it's going to provide you with something. That has, yeah, which was smart. Instagram started doing that. That's what Twitter needs to do, not provide an emotional safe space for people. Twitter's latest pre-tweet prompts let you know when you're about to jump into a Twitter fight. Warnings before a potentially intense conversation. Twitter's testing new prompts on iOS and Android that warn you before jumping into a conversation that things could get heated. In one example, there's a prompt dropped right in front of you during your conversation in progress that says conversations like this can be intense as you're engaging in it. And there's, you know, what's going to know what they're doing, I like Sasha. It. I like it. You know what they're doing? Uh-huh. That That's going to make people seek out those and pick on the fight. That's what it's doing. The opposite effect. I know any conversation I get into is probably going to lead to a fight. You don't think that the reason they're doing <laughs> You should test this out on Twitter, on your egg account with like eight followers that you haven't touched in a year. Yeah. You should totally off. just troll the shit out of all of this and just go about your normal way and see if it works. <laughs> because, I mean, you don't think don't what they're doing, the Sasha, is the opposite. Of I, didn't, I didn't get a pop-up when I called the governor slowpoke today. But you know how they're basically saying Facebook takes shit for basically exploiting polarization? That's what this is. They know that people are going to want to seek out the heated conversations and they'll engage more on Twitter. Because think about it, all these young people are like, ooh, there's a heated fight here. Yeah, let me, let me go watch. Let me go watch this shit. So no, they're basically – But you can't see it if you're observing. You only see it if you're engaged. But don't you say whenever you're scrolling down though, there is a warning, right? I see. Twitter's testing new prompts, conversations. That's what this sounds like. In another, which seems like it appears if you try to reply to one of those intense conversations, it's titled, Let's Look Out for Each Other, and lays out three bullet points to encourage empathetic and fact-based conversations. Oh hey, now wait a second. God. Wait a second. What so if, they're playing nanny while still exploiting. But what if this is the start of um, curbing misinformation? So what, no. if, w- well, what if in a month or two, you get online and you're trying to type something in and it's inaccurate with the facts and Twitter says, mm, we're not going to allow you to post this. Okay. The, you're wrong. That's I'm what gonna they sue them. <laughs> mm, no, there, you wouldn't. There's a difference between. You're not, you're not allowed to sue if you're incorrect. Oh. On uh, There's no basis there. 
How can you not see the difference, Sasha, between not allowing people to post bullshit or things that are factually incorrect mm-hmm. and basically playing a nanny? You can do that without playing the nanny. Well, I think the internet needs both. A nanny. A nanny? You think so? You think the, the, the one internet lead, I needs... think one lead one thing leads to another. And the the Wild West days of the internet were quite different than what they are now. It felt visceral it felt real it felt like oh man this is yeah i'm getting my music for free i can chat to people across uh overseas we're communicating people i i wasn't able to talk to before is that a bad thing no it was a good thing yeah, right the bad part of the internet and the ugliness happened when everybody got comfortable with the tools that we had access to and the crowds of people who'd stayed away because of their criticisms and their, oh, the internet? Oh, that's where the porn is. And that's where all of this ugly... <laughs> Damn straight. And then they just got sucked into the vacuum. And the vacuum molded itself to accommodate the en masse migration of 40-plus-year-old old farts back in the back in the 2000s. You weren't there yet. Um, I'm, so not the 40-year-olds now. But the 40-year-olds then in the late 2000s – Who are now in their 50s. Who are now in their 50s and 60s 60s and have had 10 to 12 years of the internet under their belt. They hijacked – just like they hijacked the economy, just like they hijack (laughs) society. They are the blob that we discuss, and the blob kind of modulates good things and turns it – and perverts them into these anomalies of – ugliness and, and misinformation that we have to deal with it's not relegated to the internet it's it's like we can we can public education uh, I, I get what you're saying and we can get mad at the older blob for a quote-unquote hijacking something like facebook but i mean facebook let it happen because facebook of financial lucrative exactly they they basically right. so did they really hijack it or was it mark look mark well, zuckerberg letting the whole blob in because it made him more money it was forced it was forced on it us. Was forced. It was forced. It, Facebook could have stayed with its model of what it was in 2006 and made billions of dollars. When the migration of new users came, the 40-plus-year-old crowd, they picked up on the fact that there was more money to be made. But, yeah. but they had to study how to retain that new money. And it just so happens that you retain the old crowd with bullshit. Yeah. With narratives, with uh, polarization, with this sort of style of algorithm that we have to deal with now. It's not the style of algorithm we're attracted to. I don't like the confrontational online back and forth. I do like putting people in their place, but I like doing it cleanly. (laughs) I like doing it cleanly, and I like it being short-lived. I don't like revisiting um, a um, five-six... bit conversation back and forth I've had yeah. with the same fucking troll all day long. That's a waste of time. You're welcome. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't not talking about you, but yeah, well, you probably are that troll who like tries to, I'm not doing shit at work. I might as well make this guy's day worse. But uh, no, I, I don't like that sustained energy, like negative energy online. I like it to be clean, quick, and like you're wrong. That's why I like what Twitter's doing here. I, I like the quick bit that puts people in their place right then on the spot. I don't know. Again, I don't know if that's what this is. It sounds more I to think me it's like a segue they're, to it. They're letting people know here is a heated conversation. They're they're playing nanny 
And really what they're really doing is they're the, if it bleeds, it leads news. It's that same kind of thing because it's like, it's bringing people in. (laughs) Oh, we want you to just be aware of this, this horrible car accident. This might cause you mental drama. This might cause you mental anguish, this horrible conversation, but go ahead and go take a look at it. Join the fight because we know you like it. That's what this is. It's like they're, they're bringing attention to the polarization while pretending to protect you from it. They're doing the whole, there's nothing to see but here. But then how do you and there's protect? there's all these flashing lights. Yeah. And you just can't help but go look. Then you how do you off. solely protect? You, you just get, get the off. fuck off of it all. Again, that's the best decision I've made. One, and one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life, especially over the last decade, was leaving all of social media. And where do you get your news from after that? Uh, different places it'll just pop up on like i'll turn news, on the news a lot yeah. of legit news organizations you don't need and i click around twitter too. or facebook to deliver news. i'll watch abc cbs nbc but i'll also watch independent news online because i love seeing the difference and the spin you can tell you can watch the difference between how corporate media is re- is reporting a story and how independent media is especially when it comes to politicians and who they protect like that one christian cinema right now if i go to the new york times website they're just like, well, she's a maverick and she drinks wine. What's going and on she's, with her? I have no idea. She's that one Democrat out of Arizona who's basically cock blocking uh, Biden's uh, legislation. And she's every single time she votes no, she literally goes, hangs out with her wealthy donors. Like there's footage of her leaving this fucking dinner uh, with these wealthy donors. What I'm saying is that when you look up the New York Times, there's some really, yes, queen, you go, girl, spin to her. Independent media online is pissed. So you can always, right now, you can get on, look, look for a story. And whether it's, maybe it's the fucking NASA, I don't the know. NASA asteroid? Anything. You can look online at any story, okay. uh, and you'll be able to see the difference between how corporate media reports and independent media. It's very, very, very different. It's based on the headlines, you mean? Yeah, just on the headlines. Um, the way it's reported. God, People Magazine is even reporting the NASA planetary, def- okay, that's planetary a- defense. Oh, People's a tabloid. You know, fucking trash. My point is that the best thing that can happen, Sasha, honestly, is for social media to fucking die. It, it's for Twitter, Facebook, and the worst of the worst, um, TikTok to just fucking go away, man. The ramifications of that as far as um, the mental effects that it has on the people that depend on it, like they do a glass of water every day. Mom, they'll track something else down. They'll do something else. That's what I'm worried about. Like, they kind of... What if the, places what if the good spin on all of this is that these people are out of the way? The second... what, what if, they're out of the way? Yeah, what if the... Well, I've I've been trying to think of the silver linings in all of these ugly things that we've highlighted over the course of two years when it comes to the internet and social media and all that. Mm-hmm. They kind of, yes, we've admitted that the impact social media has on society and, and the world out there can be drastic when it comes to misinformation, guidance, uh, misguidance, um, just stupid stuff and ignorance. But we've identified it now. Like we're at a point where we can spot it pretty easily. Who's we? We. Us three? Yeah. Well, us three can. Yeah. I don't need social media to spot it. Well, yeah, because you could do it before social media. And yeah, that's it was somewhat easy to do too. You you have to you have to hear someone speak. You have to it doesn't take long. It doesn't. 
But now it takes less, and you don't even have to come in contact with the people. Maybe the thing is to just take away the like button, the heart button, and not show people how many times something's retweeted. They tried that. I remember Instagram tried that either earlier this year or last year, and it was a disaster. You had all these Instagrammers pissed that Instagram wasn't telling them how many likes they got, which is understand- then, because of the whole do- – they weren't getting the dopamine they wanted. Then let's do the opposite. And let's have a billion bots that do nothing but like every single post. So like everything <laughs> everybody post has, has, has a amount. thousand likes. Mm. I like it. Beautiful sabotage. Desensitize the like. If if there's any Russian hackers listening to Meandering episode seventy nine, there you go. You got your your task of the week. Your bot <laughs> likes, man. Just spam everybody's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and make them overnight celebrities. Give them what yes. they give them what they strive for. Yeah. In many ways, a lot of people are on there like, "Oh man, maybe if I can get the fourth like on my bologna sandwich today, I'll just feel better about myself." Or yeah, give, give it a thousand. Yeah, give <laughs> a thousand likes. You're fucking soup. People, well, I mean, right now people people pay that amount to. Uh, boost their influence or their perceived influence online so yeah why not uh why not just give everybody that and then what's going to be great is whenever that goes away it's nothing but positivity sir interesting all positive you know that reminds me of reminds (laughs) me that twilight twilight zone episode about the guy who thought he was in heaven because he was at a casino and he won every single time and then he realized he was in hell that's i need to watch that one that's my favorite episode of twilight zone he was like because every single time i got like six different copies of twilight zone over there so you make sure you yeah i will find you the one episode it is i'll find it but that's my favorite episode of all time is that he thought he was in heaven Mm. and then after hours he was like Wait, I won again? Yeah, you won again. He's like, well, th- there's no, there's no risk. There's no game. There's nothing. I can't feel anything when I know I'm gonna win every time. He's like, yeah, welcome to hell, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what has to happen. If that you take would away give people existential crisis moments Good. online, because <laughs> then <laughs> I like it too. Yeah. Oh, let's, this is sinister. I, I, I'm usually not a sinister-minded individual. No, we got to yeah, sabotage. Good one. We got to figure out. On that yeah, yeah, thanks, Morgan. Yeah. I wonder where we'll be a year from now. A year ago, we were having the social dilemma conversation, and then we fat, flash forward to where we're at today and what's going on. If there are certain, if there is certain people who I know are listening to this mm-hmm. that are hackers. Um, you guys take that into consideration. And we know Morgan's boys are listening to this. Probably. Yeah, so in, in conjunction, yeah. the hackers that are working for our government, you would think, are listening to this program. Anybody who, who knows how to do this sort of thing, and I know a couple of them that might be listening, you need to figure out a way to basically saturate and flood Give the living shit out of Instagram and the Twitters and the TikToks. That way, whenever that dopamine falls off, give them what they want. They are emotionally broken. Because that's how you do it with dopamine, actually. you it, The little spurts and all that, that's what gets them to keep coming back. It's because you don't have the sustained dopamine release yeah. that they keep coming back, seeking out that larger dopamine hit. Yeah, and, after and, and do it this way, right? The longer you're offline, the, the more likes you get, get right? Oh, so that's like, put them in. So you see your buddy who only logs in once a week, but his one post got like a million likes, and you're posting every day, and, you're only, back get, and you're only getting a hundred. <laughs> yeah, what are you saying? saying? I mean, yeah. you've had Just a saying? you've had a a couple of decent ideas over the years, um, but this one ranks pro- top five or six, I would say. Yeah, that's a good one. Flood the market, man. 
fuck them over. It's not. Maybe you need to create your own social network that does this so you can become a billionaire. I don't know if it would work. It'd be self sabotage. No, because, yeah, because then it'd be the secret would be out right away. Yeah. 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 It and, work yeah the whole point of this is to destroy what exists now. That's true. Yeah, man. Well, that's the point yeah. of the asteroid hitting too. <laughs> so, again, <laughs> can we go back to that conversation just for uh, just a little bit? The, uh, oh, Facebook servers. Not, I don't think the rest. Silicon Valley. Uh, if it, no, no, no. no. Silicon Valley. The rest of us. Facebook there. servers. I'm pretty sure that's in New York, right? The Facebook servers? Yeah, I don't know that that's... I have no idea where it is. Where are the Facebook servers? That's probably more secure than the Pentagon. Mr. Robot could tell us. (laughs) Mr. Robot can tell us? I don't think That's a show I want to watch. Well, it's probably, quote-unquote, in the cloud, so it's probably in a lot of different places. You'd love it. I bet you I would, because it's anarchist. Oh, yeah. Related stuff, yeah. I get get labeled an anarchist. Yeah, it's like the second Google search. (laughs) What Facebook servers location? Oh yeah, this week for sure. Where where are they? Because they were down. Oregon. Oh, figures. Why is Oregon letting that crap go? There needs to be some. Zuckerberg lived in New York, but I could be wrong. Like, didn't aren't there main offices in New York City? Yeah, no. There needs to be activists who basically just go after Twitter and Instagram and especially Facebook. Why just why Twitter? What's what's the halo? Twitter's a pile of shit. Twitter is the biggest anti-intellectual shit mill where people go, and again, I've said this, they they go to have their own beliefs basically um, reinforced reinforced rather than engage in in basically um, dialogue like we do here. Morgan, uh, um, we we had this conversation and I uh, defined it as an echo chamber, but it's not quite that. It's a you described it perfectly, and then I listened back to it while editing, and I'm like, ah, oh, he's talking about a feedback loop. That's what yeah. uh, we're talking yeah, about. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because you can, there's loop. a culture on Twitter that says it's okay to block people, and it's actually encouraged if they disagree with you or if they say something that offends you. Like I said, other platforms like Reddit, to their credit, the culture there is very different. Yeah. It's, 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 you can downvote or upvote somebody, and you're expected to answer or just explain why you disagree with them with a certain amount of nuance and, and adulthood. Twitter's not like that. Twitter, you can say any crazy, stupid shit that's going to get you clout, and because you know it'll get if it doesn't get retweeted, somebody's going to do that thing where they quote you, and then shit on you. So at least you're still getting attention. Yeah. Hmm. We need to break the feedback loops. Somebody just destroy the servers, like <laughs> somebody just fucking. But you see, all these conversations we have about the internet, and the internet is. It's satirical to reality in many ways because it's the new reality, sir. Well, yeah, but it's not. It's perverse. In reality, it's not. But it is. It is a simulation of reality. Well, that's where it's second life. It is. It's what it is. It's second life. But applying all of these things we want to do to the internet are things that I've always considered wanting to do in reality, like in first life. Why can't we? tackle misinformation when you hear someone saying something wrong in front of you i generally do (laughs) Uh, unless it's just some stranger and i'm in public and i have no idea if it's not necessarily offensive to me i'll probably just ignore it why can't we hack the algorithms that impact real life and get them out of the way how's it tangible to do that or practical 
Because they're getting their shit from the internet, Sasha. That's the problem. The quote unquote Not real in life. All cases. Well, I mean, where else do they get it? Because think the, about it. They've the been getting it from the news. They've been getting it from. It's not as bad. The Jack Tapper, as much as I shit on him, is not telling people that if you get the vaccine, you're going to be magnetized tonight and kill your fucking kids. He's not, but maybe <laughs> maybe somebody on C-SPAN three is. <laughs> somebody calling in. I, there's yeah. nights I do love listening to the C-SPAN call-ins because you hear, like, if you ever want to have. <laughs> the death of hope for your country. Listen to C-SPAN for about 20 minutes. Listen to these crazy old fucking windbags call in and say crazy shit. I'm not, I heard one the other night that was like, I'm not worried about COVID because I know that Jesus is coming on a white horse in three months. So it's all, it's all a wash. And when, I'm like, when was this? What the fuck? This, I, this is a few nights ago. I need exact dates. I'll find it. But yeah, just <laughs> look in, look, get on YouTube right now and look in best of crazy calls on, oh, you know, yeah. on uh, C-SPAN. Mm-hmm. So you get some fucking gems, man. So maybe that should be a goal for us. What's Try that? to get a call on C-SPAN. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> no, we could do it tonight. You've never done it. I guess yeah, so. T-shirt. You can call it. C-SPAN. Yeah, it's hard. Oh, yeah, but them. get on, get on there and let's I'll record them. And yeah. have a conversation. Oh, yeah. We could do that. We could do an impromptu. Oh, we just, could, yeah. We're in the 80s. Think soon. of some crazy things and just say it. Well, we don't want to troll. We want to. I will. You don't want to put I, them yes on I the do. spot. You don't want to. You don't want to spotlight them. You don't want to say, "Hey, maybe you guys should be calling us." <laughs> just call them. Plug this, dude. Right. I should call and plug Maggie's podcast. You should. Yeah, I should. I'm gonna call start- Steve. Like, I just want to say, I, I came across <laughs> an amazing, amazing podcast with my friend Sasha. Changed my life. Changed forever. my life. Look up, Meandry. And then I'll be like, and by the way, this girl, Maggie, oh my God, she has the most knowledge of any damn Movie. cinephile. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to know the, the she gets like, these things called advanced screenings where <laughs> you can see the movie ahead of time. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, man. I thought you had to wait Netflix. I also got a lawnmower for sale. <laughs> It's on eBay, uh, Sasha and stuff, I thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's underscores or whatever the hell those lines are in between the letters. I got a Ouija board, I think. Yeah. Damn. 550. Okay. Well, I've just decided in the next month I'm plugging the shit out of your podcast and Maggie's. <laughs> and I'm, not, oh, I'm not kidding. It I'm took you two it. and a half years to say, hey, I'm going to start plugging C-Span. the shit out of the podcast. Yeah, I do it with my friends when I'm drinking with them, not on C-SPAN. Yeah, I don't know how to plug this show either. I'll but, do it. On but that's C-Span. why I like I like Twitter is because, <sighs> okay, so. Check, I get it. But but like all the social media stuff that was going on with Facebook this week. I haven't looked at the numbers of our uh, year ago episode yet, yeah. but every single time. Facebook, um, the Facebook headline was taking place earlier this week, whether it was the congressional hearings or their outage. You saw a little bit of a... It's it's an entry point. No, it's an entry point for me to say, ah, let me go ahead and stick the old conversation we had a year ago. Yeah, Yeah, and it's not just, um, it's not just like trashy promotion either. Sometimes it's it's like, does, when I it, see somebody saying something that we said a year ago, I'm like, we said it first. Well, then fuck yeah. <laughs> it, right. if, if something ages well, yeah, talk about it. Yeah. It's more than fine. You have an obligation to at times. Miguel, everything we talk about ages well on this program. And Morgan will <laughs> disagree here. Morgan will disagree here, but Not I've, everything. I've edited the pot. Yeah, I would say a good 80 to 90 percent of what we talk about. If it's. It's not supposed to necessarily what, age well. I know that the goal is for it to like disappear so that we don't have to talk about some True, of the same yeah. things and be, um, I agree. Yeah. But that's just because we have a finite amount of listeners and, um, audience members and all it takes is a 
handful of the right ones for some of the topics to become addressed. But anyways, I I like what we do here. I, I think it's Of unique. course, not everything ages well. I think so. Sometimes you plan to go somewhere like Europe. And you don't plan as, as you know well as you should have, oh. and uh, things don't happen the way you wanted them to happen. That's yeah, true. You, so you thought it's we're outside gonna... of your control sometimes. Yeah. Not really. Yeah, really. And sometimes <laughs> I it's... think it's one hundred percent in your control. Gee, I wish to God if there was one, we could have got a camera on Sasha's face because as soon as I started saying it, Sasha's face, his eyes just closed like this son of a good segue. Bitch. Good segue. Yeah, and it's funny because <laughs> by the time this episode comes out, it'll be like a month later. <laughs> the episodes that are coming out right now in real yeah. time have me like all excited about going <laughs> to your trip. I bet. And so I can't wait to put those out and people are going to listen to them like, oh man, this sounds fun. Oh, he, oh, he's he going to have a blast. He's going to have a great time. And okay, uh, so my trip overseas didn't pan out like i thought it was going to pan out and it's rooted in misinformation and it's rooted in uh, <laughs> is that what it was it is it's rooted in misinformation and it's rooted in mis- part? misunderstanding yeah. the airlines part because um, they should have known they didn't have enough knowledge to confidently let their paying passenger go under their almost jurisdiction so they didn't want to end up with a Tom Hanks terminal situation yeah. on their record based on what I was presenting with them. So long story short, um, you have to be traveling right now to where I was going in, to Sweden. You have to have business merit. Uh, there's no um, – the terminology they used was no – just stri- strictly tourist travel is allowed in Scandinavia at this point because of COVID because they're a red high-risk – country over there when it comes to american travel um when it comes to american travel right what um now, but the details if, of that it, or the, i knew this going in well i mean if you were vaccinated would they let you in even without business papers with yes oh absolutely that's that's the detail right though that's the detail you're really leaving out yes which is if you'd gotten vaccinated like we've been badgering you for almost a year yeah i'm just saying um, that that's, then that's, i would have been, been in Sweden last week. And my righteousness would have been compromised. Kicking back and having one kick-ass vacation. (sighs) Yeah, man. And instead? Instead, I got to spend a day in Chicago. (laughs) And you didn't even go to a damn Cubs game like I told you to do. A day in Waco and a day in Oklahoma City. I mean, thank you. Waco, bro. You went and saw... The Koresh site? No, I didn't have time. Uh-huh. On the that way the there, I Googled, the I Googled City it. Bombing. I didn't. I'm sure I drove by it. That's what I would drove do. Downtown. We oh, drove downtown, my brother and I. I went with my brother to OKC for business, and I went to Waco for business. And I you did told me Google you were going the to OKC. When, what day was that? Um, over the weekend, Friday, last Friday. Yeah, should have hit me up. I Why? Up there. Spontaneous? Uh, you would have. Yeah, I found I'd out. I'd have drug you to the. Horse track in Oklahoma City. Oh, yeah, we stopped. We made about 10 stops along the way. You wouldn't have enjoyed all the frequency. Okay. Okay. I found out something I was completely ignorant of. I have all people. Oklahoma is legal. They have legal. Yeah. They have distilleries there. I didn't know that. Everywhere. I thought I was going to have to go all the way to Colorado. Well, it's, um, unless some new legislation passed, you got to have some medical thing. It's medical marijuana. Mm, I don't know. Some of these places were like next to grocery stores. And like, strip malls, like a little left pharmacy. and right. Yeah, I don't. 
Man, people, maybe easy, people are smoking but, uh, in the streets. Like it's you smell it. You smell it everywhere. Everywhere you go. This yeah. Oklahoma City. Yeah, and Chicago for that matter. Oh, well, that's Chicago. <laughs> yeah, right. It's never stopped. But uh, no, I didn't know if it was. Yeah, look it up for me. Because <laughs> okay. I'm excited. Like, yeah. Um, I'll go over there and there. There's a lot of detail within my trip that just didn't add up for me. And to be honest. I didn't want to have a meandering moment with them uh, on the spot. Like, I could have very, I could have very well held that flight up for forty-five minutes to an hour and probably gotten on the plane if I had talked my way through it. You're not a Karen either. So no. As of May 2021, Oklahoma does not permit the use of recreational cannabis. But it's, so I guess it's still considered medicinal. So bitch. Mm. But I can seem pretty I, recreational I, to me. Well, what I was seeing in the streets of oklahoma city i'll find a card i'll find a way to go over there so anyways yeah i mean it silver lining and everything i'm just pissed at that i'd be back by now so it'd be over still gonna have fun i had fun this past week okay yeah you could have been in europe i mean maybe something changed september 1st with some law but i'm not seeing anything and i got a voucher i got a voucher i'll be going to europe sometime i'm not going to tell anybody when i'm going i'm not gonna (laughs) i'm not even gonna mention (laughs) it to you guys you're gonna sit on it i'm not gonna mention it to morgan especially because morgan probably made a phone call to the airline hey make sure he doesn't get on this flight so that it, um, I believe I was accident. very supportive when I first heard. When you first heard, what does that mean? You weren't supportive the second, third, fourth time. Actually, <laughs> we were excited up for until you. now, I haven't really been mean to you about That's it. That's true. No, I had to be. I'm not gonna. No, stop. You, you expected me. I, I like to think of one of your best friends not to throw a little bit of salt. After no, all, that. I appreciated the salt. And, you know, good because I was actually disappointed for myself. You were supposed to live vicariously like, through, through both of us in fucking Europe, of all yeah. places, Sweden, with your awesome guide. We were supposed to go over there and have fun, and we were supposed to hear about it and live vicariously through you. She was going to introduce me to the Swedish culture and hopefully a lot of many of her friends, and that's not off the table. Yeah, but it's going to be different. Get vaccinated, and I'll go freer. Even freer, there won't be COVID restrictions. Perhaps. Well, not not within another year or two years. It may still be here three years from now. Yeah, but they went. They went high alert over there on a whim, um, like in the middle of September. If I had flown out two or three weeks prior, I'd have been fine, which would have been more interesting because had I been there while the restrictions would have been elevated, that would have been a whole different story because getting back, my cousin uh, flew in from Athens, Greece, or Athens. 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 I don't know why I said it. it it's probably just because of the consonants. The French way? No. Now I'm going to troll Maggie with Athens, Greece. Athens, Greece. Yeah, he flew in from Athens, Greece. Uh, <laughs> he lives in L.A. He does realtor-type work in lavish houses and lavish locations. So he goes from L.A. to Montreal to Greece, and he gets through no problem. Then coming back, he goes through Montreal again, because that's where he's from. And they keep him there for 14 days because he's coming in from Greece. And he lives in L.A. He does business in L.A. He has his working visa and all that. So they held him 14 days in Canada just based on COVID. He doesn't have COVID. He doesn't. The stuff that's happening right now in airports and in countries is kind of a little extreme, in my opinion. <laughs> Maybe and I'm he, coming off subjectively here. Absolutely. <laughs> but if we're not regulating the fucking Walmarts around the corner, 
like we're regulating airports and airlines, then what are we really doing? We're it's just a different standard. No one gives a shit. Well, it's terrible to say, but yeah, the Walmart crowd saw so the, to try to regulate those podunk fuckers. No, but the consolidated spread of COVID is still rampant. And we're doing a decent job, I think, of controlling like, oh, some Taiwanese official hops uh, who has COVID hops on yeah. a plane here. Flies here. We're doing a good job there. The CDC is going to be putting more pressure on it. you damn right, Sasha, an airport of all places than a fucking Walmart in North Especially Dallas. Especially international yeah, man. travel. Yeah, yeah let's, I'm not, we're not worried about the, like, yeah, there's some variants here in, in, in Dallas and Texas, of course, at a fucking Walmart. But it's not like something that could be easily imported from Brazil or one of the more scary variants that we're now discovering. So, of course, the CDC is going to be demanding that there's a higher standard at a fucking airport at Dulles over, you know, Dallas uh, at, at our fucking Walmart. So, yeah, <laughs> you're, yes, you are coming it's from a, incredibly, I'm a scorned from a scorned perspective. Yeah. I'm not scorned, though. I mean, I took it pretty well. I'm so I think scorned. you did. I think that night you told me um, and I was like, fuck, it happened. Because we were leaving here. I didn't send you the... Vi- then it started raining in Chicago. <laughs> it started raining. Uh, and I had to spend the night in an airport terminal. Where it had its AC blowing full blast. And it happened to be the first 50-degree night. Oh, it was a terrible night in Chicago. <laughs> when, you could, you, when you could have been in Sweden. Or, yeah, you should have gone to a Cubs game. I don't even like the Cubs, but just to be able to say you went just to Cubs Just say you game, went to Wrigley Field. It's pretty cool. I, dr- I got on the subway and hunted a steel book down and walked through South Chicago. It was a little bit more uh, adrenaline. It was fun. Didn't go to the Sears Tower? I did, but then it, they wanted 35 bucks to go up the Sears Tower, and I'm like, eh. $35? $35 for got some sky view thing. Yeah, yeah it's pretty expensive. Hell. Yeah. What about the Married with Children fountain? Mm-mm. I went to Millennium Park, that that's big, still there? shiny, um, the big, shiny orb-like ball that everybody goes to. That was mm-hmm. right. Man, they have a great natural history museum. Didn't go there? No. Nope. It's next door to the Bears' place. So. How do you know so much about Chicago, Morgan? Is that where you were stationed? No. I bought a pound of grapes <laughs> at a Target. I once spent two weeks <laughs> in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Two weeks. Two weeks. Did you get to do all that shit you're asking yeah. about? You went to Wrigley Field and all that? Fuck oh, it, man, that's great, man. Anyways. I can take a vacation a week. I can vacation whenever I want. It's COVID right now that, and it's not even a vacation really. It's COVID that's interfering with that. And it's not even COVID. It's right, the it's human your, response to COVID. Right. I'm looking at it. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> well, or lack thereof, I should say. But whatever, Sasha, you let me know. If and when you want to get vaccinated and I'll fucking go with you, I will help pay for part but, of it. But you see, I thought the negative test was enough paramount. No. <laughs> right. Because the apparently all these old old geezers had to do to get on the flight and travel for quote unquote business was flash their year old vaccination cards. No negative tests were needed for them. They could have been carrying the disease and transporting it from one country to another. But the fact that they have these old cards that say, I got two shots in my arm a year ago, I could go here for whatever reason. First of all, you don't know it was a year ago. A lot of these old bastards are barely getting it like in the the spring like I did. No, the old farts got it first. Sure. January. January, February. February. It's not a year ago. You think these old fart sauce who were making that travel would not go without both vaccines? Although by the time you release the episode, it might be a year ago. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
hey, look, we have a backlog, and I'm actually doing it to test a couple of things. What? Okay. Whatever. Dang it. I want to see the effect we have on real time. Well, then let's do it live. Yeah, I don't mind. No, no, because I believe reality is latent Mm. to our conversations. I believe reality plays catch up to the talks that we have here. Um, But that's based on distorted misinformation and the fact that they're kind of out of sync with reality themselves. It's like this weird uh, time bubble that we're living in in this era because of the Internet. Or us three, we're just people who are, even though it sounds braggadocious, we're incredibly observant people. Right, but we're observant of reality. Yeah, and I think it's inevitable for the shit that we talk about to be spoken about later. Uh, Oh, we do that too, yes. Yeah, that happens a lot by basically, and uh, the spin that we warn about, the mainstream media is going to push it as, I think we're responsible for predicting that as well. Yes, but that's that's because mainstream media hooks into what, works on the internet yeah we figured out their algorithm we figured and out the what. internet is delayed from reality by typically two to six week windows on the big stories um yeah or if the big story breaks right now in five minutes you can put a spin on it just to get, try to get likes and retweets like what happened with the school shootings and it takes even longer for the reality of the situation to emerge After, from that yeah. yes meanwhile the people that can take all that data in visually or informationally can process it and say, Oh, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. This is bullshit. Oh, this part of it. Okay. Let me do a little bit more research. Okay. This seems to check out. Then they can formulate like a, a commentary on it very quickly. And that's kind of what we do here with the bigger stories, not like school shootings. Cause yeah. those aren't big stories anymore. They happen every other week. Right. Um, yeah, kind of over them, but, um, yeah, the, it's the effect. It's it's the meandering effect. I had said to you before we started this that in a backhanded way, I would I wouldn't say defend Facebook. That wouldn't be the right terminology, but sort of contextualize things honestly. Mm-hmm. And that is to say that yeah, it's easy for us to shit on Facebook, and we do for basically exploiting uh, polarization and misinformation for their own lucrative reasons. But at the same time, look at. Fox News and sure. CNN sure. and MSNBC, all the, the three big boys. They Look at they, Netflix. Ne- <laughs> well, I mean, what I'm saying is the three biggest news stations. Look at Bluey. Ca- cable <laughs> news stations. They, they, they don't know how to talk about any story without it having a sort of indignant charge to it. They, 90% of what I find on CNN, MSNBC, or Fox News um, is negatively driven. Yeah, well, there's a certain spin to drive emotion. Yeah, one way or another. You look at CNN 25 years ago, and it was a completely different station. It was completely different. It was boring. Are they doing this? But were they the initiators of this media in general, or was it the people that initiated it? Were people's interest in negative negative over positive somewhere along the line did it did it teeter on one end of the seesaw more i don't know if it's necessarily negative versus positive you don't think so not necessarily i mean a lot of it does end up to be negative like uh you know the only time people really watch weather is when it's violent weather that's going to hurricane yeah absolutely um, and you know, a lot of the stories on the news, right, are about shooting and violence. And yeah, in a way, I, I think, you know, p- 
prior to everything going to social media, they knew these weird stories captured people's attentions and kept them tuned into your news. And so, yeah, so those things ran nightly. And yeah, so in a way, it is the people. That are driving the content. Well, we know that based on our algorithms, too. Even the ones that, that we're appalled by, we know that it was us that initiated it. So it's like a human algorithm is basically my suggestion. Play. Sure. So like we have a conversation here and it doesn't necessarily need to be negatively driven, but the phone and the computers, now that you know the computers listening as well, um, it picks up on it and it still creates an algorithm based on the conversation. We could be talking about lollipops and fairies and unicorns, and we're going to get that sort of style of rhetoric if we or um, we're going to get that sort of response if our rhetoric is rooted in um, something that the algorithm can generate content based on. So what I'm saying is, in a grim way, we're the algorithms are helping us see what's on most people's minds. The way, the way that Facebook works and operates, they are the transparent mediator of presenting to us what people are attracted to. Are they causing what's on people's minds? Or are they responding? To That's what I'm suggesting mind? is that they're responding to. And the, the, oh, well, the whistleblowers will affirm that as well. And it doesn't, absolve Facebook from like using that power to just gain wealth and power and influence even more. But what it, the, the algorithms themselves are compute, they're, they're machine learning. It's not human driven. Yeah. So it's, but it is it, it, the, the data it's um, absorbing is human driven. Yes. But it's not generating that data. It, it's not, <laughs> It's not generating the algorithm in advance of the data. The algorithms are learning and, and evolving themselves based on the data that's coming in. Like the we, we mentioned, it's not just one algorithm. It's like 100,000 algorithms. A million. Yes. Those evolve based on the human element of the user experience. And the added, we, we talked about it off show, Miguel, uh, the niche of a niche of a niche. Yeah. When it comes to negativity, there are niches within niches within niches of negativity. There's pockets of negativity that online are now profitable that weren't profitable five years ago. There's po- pockets of extremism online that are now profitable that weren't profitable five, ten years ago because of the de-evolution of the human species. Now, is that because of the internet? It could be argued, maybe. But is it just because of nature, perhaps? I think it's exploiting the worst parts of the human mind and making things worse. I think that's what's happening, is that that's what the algorithms are there for. If something covers all that shit in a 15 to 20 year window and gets it out of the way long term, is it really that bad? Like if we look back in 40, 50 years and we say, I'm glad we're out of that phase. Boy, it was held to endure 20 years of idiocracy, negativity, polarization online, and 
trash misinformation. Well, yeah, if we but know that man, we're gonna, we made it out. If we know we're going to make it out of it, you can look back and say it was worth it because we learned a lot about ourselves. The yeah. problem is, how do we know if we're going to be out of it? How do we know if not ten years from now people are going to be as fucking dumb? Oh, because the machines are in control of it. Well, how does that make things better? Because the machines are smarter than the. <laughs> what incentive do the machines have to make us stop being such fucking idiots? The, the problem, the the program, the the. the reason the algorithms exist mm-hmm. is to exploit some of the worst parts of human nature. So there's nothing there that's going to be like, oh, these people have had enough. They're morons. Let's let, let up. No. Like, like the whole point of the algorithms is getting to exploit the worst part of our minds. So humans, other humans, a very small amount can make money. There is no incentive that Mark Zuckerberg really has to change his ways. Or well, his audience them. won't be a, that audience that fuels that generator stepping away will be, be it gone. that's what i'm saying no, they'll be gone in 20 years dead but there'll be plenty of people to replace them that's the problem is that yeah the 60 year olds who are going to die 20 years from now are going to be replaced by new 60 year olds so the only we're those 60 year olds in 20 years do you think that we we grow into what giving into the the thing that we are so informed on is is a negative and a detriment to our sanctity and our well-being we are Right. How many 30-year-olds are still suckers on Facebook yeah. believing and spreading the bullshit? Millions upon millions upon millions. There's no 50- and 60-year-olds striving for likes and retweets. No, but we've addressed that. That's the all the young people that are doing that, and, it's all, and that's what's driving everything. It's not the old people that's driving everything. It's the young people. Hmm. You're right, though. The old people are going to die, so it's up to millennials to be like, okay, we're stepping away. Mm-hmm. We're going to drop. We're going to be the generation that drops it. Yeah. We have to be because we're the connecting link between Xers and the fucking Gen Z. We who have I one foot in and me. one foot out simultaneously. We do it. We especially do because we're the ones that were heavily responsible for this. Again, yeah. Mark Zuckerberg, Jack Dorsey. Those guys are millennials. Yeah. They're 38 years old, 40, however. They're fucking young. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're the one. That's one of the reasons why it has to be. Millennials. The accountability sort of falls on the generation responsible for bringing it into existence in the first place. Yeah, we talked about that because the donor class from the boomers who basically gave Mark Zuckerberg his money and and said, okay, we're going to be your investors. They helped bring it into power. But the quote unquote inventors, the people who were behind it all, it was millennials. I mean, it was people, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the big three. That was our generation. Yeah. And so we do ideally have to be the ones who basically say, you know what? Uh, we see the way things are going. We have to take a step fucking back um, and get away from it all. It's not going to be Mark Zuckerberg. You're not going to have Mark Zuckerberg come out and say, um, you know what? A couple days off of Facebook would be good from everybody. You think Jack Dorsey is going to say that? And all of his virtual signaling, he's going to be like, he's going to turn into a nanny. He's going to pretend to be a nanny while still keeping people online. Which is going to be fun to watch. No, it's going to be perverse. I can't stand Jack Dorsey. I can't stand Zuckerberg. It's not going to be them who give the who incentivize people to step away from their platforms. It has to be people who step away, who say, you know what? This is toxic. It's a shit mill. It's making me fucking dumber and more depressed. Yeah. I'm stepping away. The problem is people don't have the balls to fucking do that. You said it yourself. I think Instagram Facebook went down and Twitter went up, right? Yeah. And we we haven't mentioned there's there's other social do you guys consider um, YouTube a social media platform? It's it's sort hard. of, but it's, it's a little different. It's very different because you go there to, to look at the stuff you're actually interested in. And you're in. privately intaking the you, – you have more of a sense of privacy using Absolutely. YouTube. You can comment, well, but even then it's like – There's also more skill 
for the people who are getting subscribers, right? Yeah. I mean, the unskilled and completely useless aren't necessarily that's true with millions of subscribers it's, right? it's also somebody with some talent and then not only that but they have the talent to put together nice videos and throw them on that time true. and it's, it's also like I said, it's very niche in a good way for instance if you are big on soap making there's some soap making channels that maggie's got me to watch it's very interesting if you're into cars if you're into airplanes if you're into history if you're into fucking anything yeah uh you, you can get on to youtube and follow the people who actually know what they're fucking talking about, like Morgan said. Because if they don't know what they're talking about, you're not going to fucking follow somebody. Some asshole who's like, oh, I'm making soap for the first time. <laughs> follow me. No, you're going to fucking follow That's somebody. That's what TikTok's I mean, for. There's some yeah, trashy exactly. stuff like Pranks kids and opening bags. gifts, you know? Yeah. To me, that's kind of trashy because I don't know that that takes any great talent, but... Early, there's a bunch early of, YouTube was pretty trashy, actually. And there's you know a bunch of animal videos out there, but I mean... Yeah. There's a rebellion right now. I just watched a video talking about uh, the rebellion against trashy or or smutty YouTube. There was in the 2010s, what got really big and trashy was um, fake prank videos. Mm. These fucking douchebags would like, sometimes it was real, which is worse. Stopping on the streets and. Well, they would like pee on someone's shoe to piss people off and then run, or there would be this one. You don't run. You tell them, that's right. Pissed (laughs) on your shoe. And face getting your head fucking cracked. That's okay. Just make sure you do it to somebody you know you can kick their ass. <laughs> you missed <laughs> so your call, cold, man. You missed your calling, Morgan. You could have had like a jackass slash crank yankers slash like do this stuff in Tom the Green troll style crank. show. And, Probably and gotten away with uh, it. Oh man. But like there's the ones that are really douchey or like my nephews have shown me called uh kissing prank gone wrong or right or whatever. And it's oh, all yeah. fake. It's all fucking bullshit. Um, and I think people of the last couple of years have been like, hey, look, guys, we, we know this is fake. We, you guys are really, really fucking obnoxious. And they've been losing a lot of subscribers because there's a rebellion against that kind of thing being on YouTube. But there's always these little 12 and 13 year olds. I think they're like the coolest fucking guys in the world that are keeping them alive for the most part or above water. Yeah. But there is a change in culture I've noticed on YouTube where there's more videos calling that kind of shit out. The swarmy behavior, the, the pranks, the fake bullshit. We don't. How you much time? How much time do you spend on YouTube a week or a day, if that's easier to quantify? Probably about forty-five minutes if I'm watching like the, the political show or um, some nerdy UFO. You, Morgan, <laughs> video. Um, uh, oh, you're oh. on YouTube more than anything else on the internet, as far as like single sites are concerned. Well, maybe you don't want to incriminate yourself. Not really. I may spend two hours a week on YouTube. Okay. I might that's spend pretty low five minutes a day or something, 10 minutes a day. It just kind of depends. Like some days I'll go down a YouTube hole and spend two or three hours. So is it something on another? I can go a week without YouTube and I'm fine. So sometimes it's like spur of the moment thoughts that you have that you're like, Oh, I wonder if there's something on YouTube or are you more algorithm driven on YouTube? No. Like when you open your YouTube, you go to the homepage and scroll down and see the recommended no, videos. No, fuck no. Okay. I'm going I go to YouTube with a purpose. Same here for the most part. Like I know the channels I want to watch or check out or like on the whim I'll say there's a certain music video I feel like catching or like, watching. Um you know, home improvement and car working on my cars actually drives me to YouTube a lot. Yeah. Um bro, I know it home AC units inside and out. And <laughs> YouTube. I mean, I'm just a certification away from being an HVAC guy, you know? 
I learned how to retie a tie a few years ago thanks to YouTube. Um, um, so yeah, this is. Yeah, my car had a weird noise. Figure that YouTube. out. YouTube. This is the danger of YouTube. Is that um, they're Google owned, of course, so they have access to all of my searches. They have access yeah, to all of my too. phone. They have access to my computer. So the first YouTube recommended video is uh, that I get. It doesn't know me well because I'm well past this point. My spontaneous Criterion Collection Blu-ray haul. <laughs> Second is Russell Brand saying, "If you fall in love fast, watch this." So that's based on the. 45 episodes that we've had uh, talking about relationships. That. Yeah. Yep. And then I get oh. Tibetan meditation music. That's probably because I was mentioning the uh, four agreements book to you two hours ago and talking and the Zen book. You pick that up. You touch it with your hand. So it must have picked that up as well. Then I get some wrestling stuff. <laughs> uh, then I get a Hans Zimmer song recommendation. And um your mind's all over the place. Rocky Four, Rocky versus Drago, the ultimate director's cut. No, what that? I don't know. Mine is Chris Hayes, uh, MSNBC. Um, secular talk, which is about you know secular arguments and politics. Um, oh yeah, 4K Steelbook unboxing. Oh like, yeah, nice. Home girl. See uh, this. This is rabbit hole formation. It really is. And if I stayed on here, like Morgan said, you rabbit hole. I would rabbit hole until two o'clock in the morning. People do that. On I've YouTube. Got Norm MacDonald. Because <laughs> I, well, when he passed away, I sure you know, Googled a few shirt, videos yeah. and watched a few videos. I've got Peyton Manning just into Joe Buck's career, so football. Yeah. And then I've been listening to Frog Leap Studios. That, this guy does metal covers of all the songs. He's pretty freaking awesome. So I got one of their songs there. Fascinating. Years and years ago, I was interested in building websites. So I have a make a website step by step on Holy my shit. Do you guys game. have ads on yours? Uh, right now, uh, support mental world mental health day. I got that one. The Atlantic but Mirror, I but I don't know what that I is. I don't see any other banner. No ads other ads. No, I don't either. Well, Tesla is urgently Look hiring. At this. <laughs> this one just popped up. Um, on my Tennessee mayor refuses to comply with vaccine mandates. That was a brand new one from the last time I opened the home to just now. So that may be rooted in the fifteen minute old conversation about yeah. my uh, trip to Sweden. I scroll down a little bit further. I get disc golf video. Ah, nice. Airy, look, Monica Lewinsky. Oh, hey, just showed up on my thing. Ding, ding. And listening to so, us. So you see, it's not, it's not that cool anymore. It's not that, uh, it's not that hip. It's not that, uh, even alarming that, that it's doing this. Well, you know, people like it. Yeah. It, it's personalized surface. Yeah. It, it, it people, have allowed this into their lives because it makes things more convenient and they like it. It's not going to go away. Yeah. The, the rabbit hole algorithms on places like YouTube are never going to go away because they, it, it is programmed to know what he's interested in. There's another, there's another UFO documentary, Morgan, that just popped. How up. is it different than what Facebook did with generating content that they noticed people were, engaging with at a higher rate and higher volume because because none of this shit is angry none of the shit that i'm looking at right now on youtube i know that's out there but it's it's it's, but that's because you're not angry i'm are you kidding me like (laughs) well no but you i'm not but i'm not but if i was you are your algorithm when it comes to youtube i i believe uh as far well not not wholly but 
a lot of the stuff that you say and a lot of the stuff that is part of your daily routine is going to get turned into YouTube algorithm recommendations. It That's just the way it has. is. We just observe. So it right based now. on what you're reading, it's fine. Now, if we bring some, it'd be interesting to see what other people's algorithms look like that are online engaging in some of these polarizing conversations, there's, there's, these ugly conversations. I'd like to see if their YouTube videos are more directed to more polarized videos. Those exist but all I, over the place. If I got back on Facebook right now, the thing the difference Sasha is most of my shit would be angry. It would be, uh, look what um, somebody said about Biden wishing he was dead. Uh, look what somebody said about uh, Trump. Uh, do you support him or not? So I think that right. it's, if I got back on Facebook right now, I feel confident it'd be so much more polarizing and emotionally instigative than YouTube is. I think YouTube, we just don't see it, reinforces people's narratives just as strongly as a site like Facebook. Sure. It does it in video I, format well, I, I instead of text. They're better at worse. It's, Deleting bullshit. It depends on what you're searching. I don't have anything political. But that's what I'm suggesting. Is or it's not or even controversial, right? Be, How know? many people even go to YouTube and search manually? I don't think – I think it takes a different uh, caliber of person. One? No, I do as well. More, uh, Miguel does it as yeah, well. Yeah, you have to sometimes. I'm saying we're elevated YouTube users. When it comes, We're advanced YouTube users. I'm suggesting that some people go to YouTube now. And they literally just watch their recommended videos and whatever the algorithm spits out. Boredom. Yeah, well, I think it goes back again to sort of that quote-unquote personalized service. They're seeing things that YouTube's determined they, they've watched before and they like. And people enjoy that, did. right? Yeah, the difference though, and it may happen with, with, with YouTube as well, but with Facebook, you know they were taking that data and running to advertisers and saying, we've got you a target market. Yeah, perhaps YouTube yeah. does sort of the same thing. You just don't hear about it. Or I'm not as overwhelmed on YouTube with ads per se. Or and bullshit. Like I don't see any. There's nothing that scroll. Well, like that's this a, is Google at the end of the day. We're talking about. They're here. smarter. We're about talking it. about Google. But they're smarter about it. When but they're I, the granddaddy of them all. Yeah, but the difference is when I scroll down my YouTube channel, there's nothing on there that I see is blatantly bullshit. When I get on yeah. Facebook, all I saw was fake stories that grandma was fucking sharing. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's the difference. YouTube's smarter. Google's smarter. So when I scroll down that's my... That's fair. Yeah. Okay, that's, because it's it, like... Does that make them more dangerous? Uh, yeah, but are they? Because I don't... Again, I'm not seeing bullshit. Do they have to be? I, that's what I think. I think like someone like Mark Zuckerberger... <laughs> burger. Funny. Zuckerberger. Yeah, he is a burger. There you go. There you go, bro. Athens? There's your new. Yeah, he's from Athens. There's your new idea. Start a burger chain, motherfucker. Zuckerberger. <laughs> uh, the wall burgers already did that. That's all right. That's a good him. burger, by the way. Oh yeah. 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 If I, you go to Boston, you gotta. I went to Chicago. Wall burger. <laughs> went to Chicago, and I don't think they have one in Waco. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, I mean, his whole point was profit, profit, profit. Uh, let me give you something free and you know, profit like with YouTube, if I produce good content, I can make a living. Oh yeah. It's not quite the same. I mean, I guess, I guess you can with Facebook, but it's still a little bit different. It's so much more harder as Facebook is more about making Zuckerberg and his smaller circle rich on YouTube. Anybody can be, that's the novelty of YouTube is that so, it's, it's you. And so I don't know that Google has to do what Zuckerberg does with algorithms to provide a service. 
the culture uh, of, of every documentary we've seen on Google, I'm not defending them like they're the good guys. They do certain things that are shady when it comes to data hoarding. However, from every documentary we've ever seen about um, Google, they are so much more about innovation and legacy. They want to be remembered, whether it's right or wrong, in a positive light. And so that's why they're making self-driving cars. They're making phones. They're making laptops. They're making shit that's supposed to help the handicap in the next decade. So they're using your location data to sell to advertising companies. So you get real-time advertisements as you're driving based on your GPS tracking and location. The Google uh, Google Voice thing that I mean, it's not Facebook that's picking up on our conversation conversations and generating YouTube ads and algorithms in real time it's google they're spies and they're exploiting the blob sure uh-huh. but what i'm saying is is that they're still smarter it, yeah. it, it, it's, it's easy to criticize i can them. appreciate that yeah, yeah. I, I i can respect google even though i don't agree with much of what they do facebook in retrospective just seems so much more smuttier and yeah. smarmier you're right um, because again, I'm not looking down and seeing a video of fucking. I'm on record Trump. being pro Big Brother, so I, I mean, I'm not. Uh, you're against, the right. You're the I'm last person against this stuff, as long as it's like you, you're suggesting being used to leave some sort of legacy. And I don't see that from Google yet. As far I see it technologically, yeah. I just don't see it from a humanitarian aspect yet. I think that the guys at Google are also smart enough to see what, what Zuckerberg is going through and how he's being put on blast. They're like, um, yeah, let's not be the villains in this situation. We're already seeing kind of negatively. The thing is also with Zuckerberg, too, and it's a weird way to defend him. No, Does anyone know who's in charge of Google right now? Isn't it uh, Boy, that's Sanjit? A, uh, yeah, exactly. Don't we don't know his fucking name. I don't know. Everybody knows who Mark Zuckerberg is. So that or is an easy Bezos. or Bezos or uh, of Jack Dorsey. Now. Yeah. I know, but we know those people, so they're easy yeah. to vilify. No, no one knows about fucking Sundar Google. Pichai. Okay, I don't know who the fuck that is. Do you know who that is, Morgan? Yeah, you'd know him if you saw his face. He shows up for all the keynotes and all the. If I saw his face, but oh, okay, it's that guy. But yeah, I don't know his name. That's everyone good. knows Zuckerberg's creepy to data face from Star Trek, and everyone knows his fucking name. <laughs> no one knows who this kid is from behind Google. Um, yeah. And he markets himself He's better when, whenever he does. Who Sunjai uh, Pukar. That's interesting. But look at uh, the way we looked at – he probably markets himself better whenever he does speak. What's his name from uh, Apple before he died? Steve Jobs? Steve Jobs, yeah. Steve Jobs was a master marketer. That motherfucker spoke, and you saw – a hero when you shouldn't have. I mean, you look back at their legacy of how they basically exploited child labor for years, making the iPhone. Uh, and he did we don't so know. many shady things Apple was responsible for. But there were people who worshipped Steve Jobs and he was alive. They had posters <laughs> of him on his fucking wall. There's no picture of the TikTok CEO. It's just That's the name. A Chinese guy. Shoesy <laughs> Chew. Oh, that's yeah. That's not even the real person. It's it's a it's no, a hand. It is Choosy Choo is TikTok CEO. Well, it's, uh, performatively, that's who it is. But right. it's really the Chinese it is government. A bot. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Choosy Choo is made up of like seventeen different faces all over China. They created right. this person. It's a fake profile. Good luck oh. with facial recognition. You yeah. remember that uh, before this show? Before I think I showed Morgan this at our old job, our old place of work, a website called This, this person, person Does, does not, not Exist. exist. Yeah, that's it's fucking crazy. She's one of them. Yeah, she's auto generated, man, of 17 faces. Is that website still around? This it person does sure not exist.com. Yeah, it's still around. Oh, you still it. fucking get. Uh, yeah, Susie Chu is like 17 people's faces. <laughs> 
She's not. She doesn't. I get exist. a Karen as my first day. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, that isn't a Giga Karen. Does not exist. <laughs> oh man, this is an existential website, though. It, it is because you've heard the. Oh dang! It sucks when you see one that's like stupid pretty. You've heard the uh, saying, "You can't dream a face you've never seen." No, you've never heard. That? I've heard that. Yeah, that people that appear in your dreams, you have to have some connective neurological observation. That's of a shame. Them. Why? At some point, because your shame. mind can't create a face. Don't sit there and try to do it. <laughs> I, uh, you I would disagree. Your mind can't create a Doesn't your face. mind do what this website does, though? Kind of mixes faces, yeah. probably? It can mix faces, yeah. but it's based and rooted on real faces. Yeah. I don't, I don't think this that. person... You can't prove... How'd they prove that? That you can't create right. a face? Because you can't do it. Why? Try to do it. You just can't do it. I can draw a face I've never seen, but that's right. I really you can't, can't imagine it. You can't I'm focus sure. on something that you have no precedent for. That's the whole point. You can't. You can have a thought. Thoughts can really? come out of midair, but you can't have a visual that comes out of nowhere. Why not? Because you have to have a. It, it has to neurologically exist. Oh, here's my question: How uh, how do you prove that? You can't prove that. That's God, that's conjecture. You can, it's a theory. You can use your imagination, but you can't imagine something without like it being rooted in a sense. So what you're saying is because I've seen a face, I can't imagine that because I saw one face. Now I can imagine any face. Yes. Just because I saw one. Yes. Yeah. That sounds like bunk. Bullshit. I'm sure so then aliens are real. Otherwise, we couldn't imagine them. Correct. Couldn't dream about them. Verifiable. God, that's such bullshit. Well, it's all verified. I'll, re- I'll have to go down that, that YouTube rabbit hole, I guess. Can the- Will it be a bitch, Sasha? Here's a horrible movie for us to I'm write. Sure, I'm sure there's something that makes sense, but oh, I'm crap. Just, just not thinking of it. Every person you dream of has been someone you have either known or... Pr- I don't know if this is accurate. Well, wait a second. I'm going to flag it as misinformation. <laughs> misinformation. Are this you con- Snopes? I'm going to flag it as this conversation could get pretty intense. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's some neuroscience. No, I'm on Stanford's website. Can the sleeping brain create unique people that the waking brain has never seen before? Is that good enough for you? Stanford? Sure. This is a really interesting question, but unfortunately, it's an impossible question to answer okay. experimentally. To test this theory, we would need an accurate image of the unknown dream person and a reliable and accurate way to know if the dreamer had never seen the person in their waking life. But that's the paradox. It's a paradox. You can't get that answer. Here's my question. What do you do when you go to this person does not exist.com and you see your face? <laughs> you. <laughs> that's a... Uh, I'm trying to think of a horror movie. There's an that. algorithm preventing that. Yeah. It's other people going to the website that see your face. Like that Karen I just saw. Yeah. She's real, but she doesn't know that she's not real in my world. <laughs> <laughs> um, the paradox here is interesting because I was going to segue to this dream thing by mentioning I dream someone I had never seen before. 
Now, I don't know. You if, think you've not seen right. it before. Unconsciously, I may have passed them on a Chicago subway two weeks ago. Or when and, you were a child. It stayed in the back of your subconscious for 20 years. Well, that's fascinating. Maybe. She's pretty hot. <laughs> I dreamed of a face that I'd never seen before in my conscious existence. And so I thought it was pretty cool. Mm. But I wonder if they, if how advanced this algorithm is or the AI is for this person does not exist.com. Do they oh, just yeah. take eyes and put it on a person's face or just mix the lips or like, I is think it, there's a, how does it work on their site itself? Um, it's not working for me. All I see is a different, it's just refreshing faces. Fucking face. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm wondering, do they just literally switch the eyes off of someone's aunt? It uses AI to generate endless fake faces. Um, the ability of AI to generate fake. Okay, let's. But see. but they get them from like how many pictures is my thing? Because if if they're just taking the eyes off of one picture, putting on another, that's not like impressive actually the algorithm behind it is trained on a huge data set of real images then uses a type of neural network known as generative ad adversarial network to fabricate new examples the hell does that mean <laughs> yeah, that okay, this, one might, this one might be a generative adversarial network that sounds like what something the hell? out of a terminator 6 movie yeah um, might be out of this movie i found earlier today what he got the idea from it it's called Meteor. It's machine learning. Oh, that was with Sean Connery, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Two neural networks can test with each other in a game to form a sum game where one agent's gain is another agent's law. Okay. okay. So it applied to uh, this person does not exist.com, it creates endless results based on nonstop combinations of hair with this eye air hair with this face so it uses like a subset probably of a hundred real pictures probably a lot more actually a thousand or, or maybe more and it just creates endless combinations based on that it's kind of how uh uh grand theft auto worked where it was generating uh, yeah. it was generating the world progressively as it was going well Again, I'm wondering how intricate is it? Again, are they just doing something cheap or are they... Oh, it's done. What what they've done, how they start launch the site is done. It's like a thousand real pictures or however many pi real How pictures. many pictures are used? Because that's what's most impressive. Like I said, if they're just switch, if they're just taking two pictures and they're basically just switching the eyes, it's not that impressive. And then they go, this person doesn't exist. Really, well, no, just th this site's been up for five years. So at this point, according to the way that adversarial generative... Hold on. Or whatever the hell Generative that is. adversarial networking works is that the machine itself has mm -hmm. created new faces based on all the fake faces that it's already created. So it's not just like it's not pulling from the base anymore. It's pulling from it's like the algorithm talk. It's generated its own fake faces off the fake faces that it generated already. Hmm. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I see what you're saying. So this keeps mixing and mixing and mixing. Yes. That's a little more impressive, like I said, than just putting a pair of eyes on someone else's fucking head. That's what we do as humans, which makes it even scarier. <laughs> Is that we've gotten to 7 billion people and none of us look the same because we've just kept mixing, mixing, and mixing, and mixing. Mm. There's another web website out there like called My Doppelganger, right? Where there's always somebody out there that looks like you. What? I never seen this one. I gotta find that. Morgan, <clears throat> Morgan gets 
Michael Bolton from Office Space. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I see that. I get. I got told. <laughs> I got told. I look like uh, William Defoe and the guy Richie from huh? uh, La Bamba. Huh? Had a baby. William Defoe and La Bamba. Uh, what's his name? The Lou Diamond Phillips. Nah. I got told. I look. I like, could see Lou Diamond Phillips slightly, but William Defoe. I look like I got because I got William Defoe is like a German jawbone, creepy fucking sunken gargoyle. Eye. Yeah, yeah, you don't have sunken eyes. You're not well, German. I appreciate. It. I got told that them two had a sex and that's had a baby, weird. and that's what I look like. So anybody's wondering what Miguel looks like. I look like William Defoe and Richie Valens fucked and had a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I would go there, but yeah. okay. All right. I like two people told me that. I'm like, you didn't go to hell. I love, uh, you know what you can do, Sasha, is go to this person does not exist fails. And there's like an accidental third. <laughs> oh, <laughs> or piece of fucking hair where it doesn't belong. Oh, that's funny. Nice. Yeah. It's, it is always it's so the AI is pretty impressive, but it's not perfect, of course. Like most things, hmm. there's no such thing as a perfect AI, no matter how we try to say it. No, there is. How is that? I believe the the human brain is the perfect AI. What a primitive boy! It's not perfect. I was about to say, what is perfect about the human brain? We're talking about something that is a few leaps away from a chimp. Mm, we're at like, the what the fuck are you talking? Same about? token, we're talking about something that's a few stones throws away from. Enlightenment, consciousness. And you I, have such hope for our species. I, well, Joshua. and I read. No, it's just. I read somewhere, balance. and I need to. I need to go fish this back out. But like, yeah, you fish it. Maximum human consciousness will be achieved in like twenty years. Twenty years. Yeah. You believe that? Maximum for Who the, the time being. Smarter person than me that's saying this. Maximum for the time being. Years. Are you like mm-hmm. t- no? Two hundred years, maybe. Ooh, we don't know years. how accelerate how accelerant. Okay, go talk to you know what you know what like a person's full of shit. They don't know Gen Z. If you think that these fucking <laughs> are they interfering with your consciousness? What, what if you're the what if your classification of consciousness is higher than yeah. you you can see it? What if you're in that top one percent? Let's just hypothesize, Miguel. You're in the top one percent of consciousness. Does Gen Z help or interfere with your? Ascent. It doesn't interfere with mine. What Morgan is indicating is that was he speaking as humanity as a whole? Yeah. Or, well, that may be that when certain people start to achieve it as well. Yeah. Okay. I think it's, if, it's if, if we're talking about a niche within the human spectrum, then that's fine. If he was talking about the humanity as a whole, what a joke that is. That's how. But that's why we need the uh, other end of the spectrum, right? We yeah. We talked about this. Yeah. I, still we, don't, we, we, I don't think we need the morons for the rest of us to improve ourselves. I don't we think, do. I don't know. Because we have a well, scale some, to go on. Somebody's yes. got to do the work. <laughs> <laughs> somebody's got what? Do the work. What work? Make my fast food. Check me out at the grocery store. Man, those aren't the dumb Change people the oil in my car. Anymore. Those are the people that, I don't know. Some of them are. Some. Some. Sure. There's also a lot of rich people that have in my line of work that I speak to that are, I'm like, how are you successful? You're one of the dumbest fucking people I've spoken to in five years. Right. So, I mean, that's true too. Um, there's rich drones I've spoken to that are sadly like that. Like there, you can just talk to them on the phone and maybe you get a feel for, maybe they inherited daddy's money or maybe they got lucky somewhere in life, but you speak to them and you're like, how you're remarkably stupid. You're, you're 40 and you sound like you're 26 
how do you have this kind of policy with us? How are you this successful? You sound like a fucking moron. Is there, I'm going to Google if there's a such thing as rubber band consciousness theory, because if there's not, <laughs> well, gonna, this came to you. If there's not, I'm going to patent it or not patent it, but I'm going to run with rubber. Ba- why rubber wouldn't band you say, why don't you say el- el- elastic? And there's conscious. not. Oh, because I like rubber band. It has more visceral. Uh, <laughs> Our example the, of it. I just bought the dot com. So if you want that, yeah, you're gonna sell have it. To, uh, rubber band consciousness premiering it here on meandering 79 is on one end of the rubber band, you have high consciousness and elevated consciousness. And on the other end, you have low idiocracy consciousness. Both of them are moving in their own direction mm-hmm. um, as fervently as they possibly can. However, that's still one rubber band. It's one rubber band. That's a very it's interesting just analogy. being pulled in both directions. Now, when it snaps, nobody knows what happened. Well, you don't have a rubber band anymore. but and it doesn't serve its function anymore what would as cause- a rubber band. And it's useless as a rubber band. But that doesn't mean that, I don't know. I'm In just, your analogy, what would theoretically cause the snap? Tension. In, yeah, but what is the tension? What happens for that thing to snap? The separation of the, well, hmm. That's the thing. The elastic can go on forever. It could be, uh, it could be in a sort of an indefinite rubber band. Then that's the, it doesn't yeah, need to kill. be it doesn't need to be like a rubber band rubber band it can be an indefinite <laughs> rubber band that just keeps stretching forever and ever people can get dumber 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 and dumber and just be and completely others could then could others become more enlightened and intelligent in the process yeah don't you think that inevitably it's like the crabs in the pot analogy where somebody tries to get out and save themselves but the other crabs kind of keep pulling them back in that's the problem is that i think you're underestimating how much of the idiocracy cock blocks others from reaching their own enlightenment because they have to spend time inevitably worrying about the do fucking they really morons. though how do you detach yourself from the populace that's um i'm trying to figure that out and stupid and yeah I'm trying to figure it out maybe you don't detach maybe you let it pass through you a little bit more fluidly than you used to meaning the things that trip you up the things you used to get mad at the things you used to stop and pay attention to and be like you know that everything you don't want to bother you yeah you don't let yourself be you just become desensitized to the, the negativity yeah what's worse than in that analogy? we've become it's interesting though because we've become desensitized to stuff like the ugliness that Violence. we see in news we yeah. could become desensitized to ignorance over time is that a good thing though? Because then, then inevitably, do we no longer recognize ignorance that we can call out? Um, no, because that's always evolving. Because the rubber bands still being um, pulled in that direction, so we are seeing wow. new evolutions of ignorance <laughs> that we dissect, that we filter through, that we process, and we maybe even commentate on, and we discuss. But that pulls our rubber band in the other direction. Oh, I guess what you're saying in that in, in that instance or in that part of your analogy, basically we don't we, we can still be conscious of the stupidity and get away from it. Yeah. It's yeah. inevitably entwined because how do we know to get away from it if we don't acknowledge it in the first place? Like if we see something that's fucking stupid or a really bad way of looking at something, mm-hmm. we acknowledge that and then we can that's separate it. ourselves from that. The old saying in one ear out the other. Yeah. Um I mean there's some tangibility to that. There are instances and in conversations, not here, um, 
but off of this program and with other people that I have, and maybe this is a knock on me for just being this kind of person, but I'm at the point where I'm like, yeah, I'm not expecting too much out of this conversation. And maybe I should give folks a second chance or third or fourth or fifth chance. But I go into it saying, okay, I'll listen with open ears and I'll let my internal filter do the processing. But then it always results in 99% in one ear out the other stuff. Sometimes you have to do that. And it's to be in a sort of shitty way considerate rather than be rude and be like, I don't want to hear banality or yeah. bullshit or you're talking. You're going to spend the next 10 minutes talking about yourself or your car or something superficial I don't care about. You want to be tactful, but I've been trying to sell. Okay, let me jump just a little bit here. I've been trying to sell this show or, or develop new ways of selling this show moving forward into the future. And on a, on a tangible level, I experience a, a different sort of energy when we're engaged in meaningful conversations than the energy I experience when I'm engaged in a trivial, pointless, dead-end conversation with some other folks. So is there to engage in a real conversation and do it for a sustained period of time? Ask anybody who's involved in any like debate style thing or even politicians for that matter. It does take the people who go to Congress and debate all day and go back and forth. They're drained at the end of the day. They, they yeah. have invested some level of energy in that. So is there merit to say that? Like you can conserve, you should be conserving your energy for more um, meaningful engagements in life than the small talk and the in one ear out the other style of conversations that we entertain seemingly that drain us of our potential, consciously even. Maybe that's what's interfering with consciousness at the end of the day is that we're just engaged in Groundhog Day-like cycles of meaningless dialogue. Yeah, then my analogy about the crabs is to be correct. Spot right? on. Yeah. because it's That's like, how we sell the show, too. It's like, <laughs> would you like to attain level three consciousness in by the year 2023? Make it through the meandering episodes 45, 46, 47 by this time, and you will have achieved level whatever consciousness we need to scale it out need to develop a hierarchy of consciousness and be the authority on it there's nothing wrong with that if we don't do it science will do it and it'll come out of some shitty chart and people <laughs> will be like who's where i'm at because scientific institution says it why not the people going through it going through the experience one way or another i'm not claiming to be well i mean uh at the top of it but i'm certainly not regressing or at least i don't feel i am when you look at books like this like i'm holding in my hand and the audience can't see the this. teachings of zen the teachings of zen the people who were interested in doing this back then were interested in achieving consciousness themselves in a way that others thought wasn't possible and passing that along to others yeah there wasn't a lucrative incentive for them morgan will argue that this, this has been translated a million times and that the lucrivity is in the publisher's hands now and that They've sold copies and their intent on it, but and their intent is to sell copies of, of the the book. But then my argument is it doesn't change the words on the page. 
Well, this isn't the Old or New Testament that's been translated. But maybe times. it did. Hmm? Maybe well, I think actually what I would say in regards to that is that, yes, the actual words on the page were changed. If if Miguel randomly opens a page and reads one of them and it uh, directly synchronizes with the discussion we've had tonight, then the publisher didn't know that was going to happen. The publisher didn't expect that to happen. They weren't like, oh, yeah, we want this to happen. We'll make more money off it. It was the person who had the thought whether one, it was one translated. One could say Zen is just generic like a horoscope, meaning it can relate to anything that you want it to relate to, that you see a relation in it, whether there's it's actual or not. It's just so generic. But there's... Okay. let's. Is there a thin line between generic and objective truth? I think the teachings of Zen don't pretend to be something it's not. It has to do so much more with nature, our minds, and the universe, and, and horoscopes. You pop it open, and it's it's generic, but it pretends not to be. You know, It, it pretends to speak directly to you, Morgan, because you were born in fucking whatever month you were born in. You should pull open a random page as long as it's not too long and just, just read a line or two. Where's my fingers on this page. There, okay. is, there is no thing to Buddhism. It can... And live in, enliven people. It can kill people too. Seeing essential nature and becoming enlightened penetrates all time. Okay. To me, and just right off the bat, and again, you can say, oh, this is bias directing you here, but this is analogous with my rubber band theory <laughs> that I just mentioned. As I hear what he's talking about there. And I mix in things like stoicism into it and Buddhism and Stoicism are pretty close to one another as far as taking a step back and letting the dualities of human nature duke it out, fight it out, and what will be will be, but what will be will always be balanced, it'll always be pull in one direction, ebbs and flows. You've been on that, you've mentioned that point a couple of times to me, that the ebbs and the flows are always going to exist in life and in reality. All I'm suggesting is if you remove yourself from the ebbs and the flows, you can get a perspective of them and you can kind of transcend the ebbs and the flows, just like you can transcend the extreme opinions by stepping back, observing them and formulating your own. It works the same way with philosophy. It works the same way with life. It works the same way with spirituality. You can, but it does reside on the need for detachment from what everybody else is into. Yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You've never read any Zen books, Morgan? Why would I want to? But you have your own form of Zen. Probably. You have your own forms of things that Render you in the zone. You misuse that terribly. Oh, is Zen subjective, Sasha? You think one person's Zen is another person's uh, sort of? It might be. Yeah, but I don't think consciousness is is subjective. And I think that no, one I'm... thing. I think that proper understanding of some objective aspects of 
this style of conversation lend to conscious moments? I think that um, I agree with you for the most part that the way consciousness works for most human beings um, and being able to, I think, reach certain levels of consciousness, I think that that's really not um, as subjective as some people think it might be. Um, I think the problem if is... If it is subjective, it, it's rooted... Uh, sorry, I'll, I'll let... No, what I was, was going to say is that... Uh, but I, I think that people like... there's Most people think like Morgan, uh, which is... I don't give a shit. Morgan oper- operates on ego. Do That's I? okay. At, at, when it comes to the consciousness talk, yes. Mm. And that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, consciousness in a lot of ways is bullshit. Hmm. What do you mean by that? Sharpen that for me. There's nothing tangible to measure mm. one level to another level to another level. Who's to measure it? Who's the, who are the measurers? But you, your brain wants to say science would be the measurers there and the experts. Well, it would the, have to the, be somebody who, who's that's the expert in did. the field of consciousness? Um, probably Buddhist. Okay. So they measured it. They compiled a, a book of Zen that's sitting on the table. And you call it hogwash. That's not, that is not consciousness. The words on the page might be closer to that than we give them credit. Because, Look, like, that is, that is subject to flightiness, in my opinion. It, that is, um, look at me, I'm different, I'm into this Zen book. Uh, look at me. Oh, that's I, I'm special. That's based on the reader. I'm basing it on the, the the contributors of the book. I don't care about the reader. I agree with you. The people who tune into well, horoscopes, the people who tout what they're well, learning in a Zen book or something like that, it's fine. I don't read these books for again. This might sound touty as well. I don't read these books to spark something new in me. I read them to see if I, on my own time have been on a track that has been confirmed by other people that have experienced some level of understanding of the world that I have because you, I can't see, get it. I you can't see get confirmation, it. which is because I can't probably get not it. ideal. But that's because I can't get it from the world around me, Morgan. And that does provide a, a little bit of a loneliness feeling to it when you can't get Conscious but, but reciprocity. It, but essentially, it's religion in a, a lot of ways, and it's there to influence and attract followers. That wasn't the intent of the it people who wrote them. Oh, it absolutely is. No, because they it's, have no... It, it doesn't matter. Okay, it so comes, what you're down telling, to, comes down to control. So what you're telling me is that in you're a thousand years, the, the way, people listening to I this think. show, the people listening to this show, in a thousand years, if, if it still exists, and if you can still listen into this episode of Meandering, they're going to say, oh, they were just saying that so they could influence us. The people we Look, don't know, the society we don't know, the people in a thousand years, we don't know what level of consciousness they're on. But if they relate to anything we're talking about now in their time, well, it's because we were influencing them a thousand years in the, in the past. We no. haven't wrote a book. And if we wrote a book no, we've, or we wrote down teachings, it would absolutely 100% be to influence, to draw you to my way of thinking. 
you can think it's altruistic all you want. They just thought all these great nature thoughts and let me just write them down and they're really innocent. They're fucking not. But it was their form of technology at the time. They didn't have microphones in front of them. They didn't have uh, YouTube and podcasting platforms to just have conversations. No one did 2,000 years ago. I know. They had books. And so it was their form of communicating with the past, the but present, would, and the future. But writing a book is about influence. It is not about altruism. But that's, Speaking I think is that, about influence. It is not about altruism or achieving some different level of consciousness. You can't see how that's a subjective look at what speaking and writing a book is all about. Like, if you polled a thousand authors, I, I highly doubt if all thousand of them are going to say, yeah, I wrote that book to influence people. I wrote that book to. Well, if to put somebody comes out some and pedestal. says, I, I'm, I'm running this company to make money, no one wants to hear that. I'm, I've produced this item to make money. We all know it's there, but you go, you, but we do things like, I've created this. I've never met a rich monk. I've never read a rich, uh, rich Buddhist Zen monk who said, Yeah, I said all those things in 500 BC so I could live lavishly. Sometimes it's just about power, right? These guys have I've never a, have, met a have powerful power, Buddhist right? monk. Really? Because I'm pretty sure that the monks run Tibet, right? That's modern monks, but... Uh, I, that was old and ancient monks. You think a monk wasn't somehow a leader in the village or the city or the area? You, seriously, dude? I mean... Come on. I, I mean, as I read some of these... Sought for spiritual guidance, perhaps, but... But that's power. If it's not money, it's about it power. It doesn't have to be negative about power. It doesn't have to be negative. I've never power. said power is negative. Right. I don't as, I mean, hold that. as I scroll as I scrolled through this and I'm reading some of the This is just a random pickup, by the way, at a at a secondary store that jumped out on me on well, the, I'll buy this uh, from on the No, I I'm not done with that one. Okay. <laughs> what I was I was gonna say, as I scroll through this, I, I, I it feels like I'm reading the words of men who are exploring, not trying to influence. And maybe they feel confident they came across you know what? I I have lightning in the bottle in this idea. Theories or Theories ideas. This, uh, this yeah. is something that I feel strongly about. Let me write it down. Is this a I, guy who ended up drinking a bunch of preservatives so he could be mummified forever? Probably not. It depends who you're talking about. Um, some are you guys on onion? Sword, what the fuck search right? engine are you using? That's the, that's the <laughs> point. If these guys are off the internet, awesome. You know, I've been thinking about this. Well, how old's the book? I've been thinking about this. Fahrenheit 451. And not only that, but what are they quoting from? It's from different books. This of teaching a, this. One of them said eight, the year 888. Okay. One of them did, but some of them aren't even quantifiable. You know what the internet's done, Miguel? Copyright 1998. The internet, yeah, this is pre-internet boom. The internet. No, it's middle of internet boom. The internet is Fahrenheit 451. Hmm. Hmm. No. Oh, the internet is Fahrenheit you 451. How do you do? How do you burn the internet like you would in the books of form? No, it's it's the knowledge of books that the internet has said. Uh, we got it all. Don't worry. And it's siphoned. The internet is one big algorithm itself that said, "Oh, you're going to come here for all of this, and over time, you're going to forget about everything else. Everything else is not going to be of importance to you." You can see that on the depreciation of library visits and library card holders. You can see that on the fact that shit. I mean, if you if you asked a, a fifteen to or if you asked a, a Gen Zer, when's the last time you picked up a book and read it? Yeah. <laughs> when's it's shifting to audiobooks, but audiobooks 
are controlled the um well there's an interesting thing about speed reading that i'll that you need to remind me about that i just thought okay of. the audiobook options that are out there are limited compared to the books i mean to the totality of the books that are out there so the internet in general miguel is kind of 1984 slash uh, Fahrenheit 451 here in their control of the knowledge that people have access to. Dell's going to ask you that. Period. Get bono. Who, and who? people spend 8 to 12 hours a day on the internet. Right. Doesn't that go back to what I've always said, is that there's a handful of people who are actually in control in this country and have no incentive for the populace to be enlightened or smart or self-conscious of their situation? Right. So those handful of people inevitably have an influence on the internet, and yeah, I agree with you then. Absolutely. Because they don't want, <laughs> they don't want the blob to become too enlightened and therefore right. self-conscious because then they start thinking about their situation. And, and then you're right then detachment, not only from social media, but detachment from the internet. Could you do that? One well, uh, outside, outside of work. work um, I don't know that I would want to. Do you trust Wikipedia? Yeah. Cause it's the most peer reviewed website online period. I mean, it's, but when's the last time you had a spark of individual thought that said, I want to go to Wikipedia for that. Hasn't Wikipedia always been a result of a rabbit hole? Or us fighting or arguing about what's going to happen. Necessarily. <laughs> it's usually uh, like if I'm just looking for some looking something up, uh, usually will Wikipedia articles usually up at the top. And so I'll usually click on it because it is trustworthy. It generally oh, has okay. It generally has sort of a synopsis of the information where I'm not having to read through you know, pages of, uh, of a story or something. I got gotcha. you. Hmm. Okay. When I was taking college courses 10 years ago or whatever, and my English teacher at that time was like, it's only a matter of time before Wikipedia becomes an accepted, um, scholarly source uh, resource. Like you can, oh, I gotcha. you can like uh, generally when you're writing an article or something, right? Information you you're finding, you got to cite it and, or an article. And at that point in time, you know, Wikipedia was not something you could cite mm -hmm. from. You had to cite from, you know. Oh, now in other. college, I'm sure you could just slap a URL on your uh, sources cited page awesome. and you get away with it. Uh, you, what were you going to mention about speed reading? So do, do you think you read faster on a computer or on a device or on or reading an actual book? book. Okay. That's correct. However, some scientists tackled this problem. And they came to find that if you just show one word at a time, uh, and it's in the same place on the web screen, oh yeah, you can read up to like five hundred words, words a minute, a minute. Yeah, or a thousand words a minute. I've seen How that was meme that? Where they How flash was... the words in in front of you, and yeah, you follow along. And it's like hundreds of times faster than the <laughs> than scrolling left and right, just the words. It's just right in front of you, and it's just one word after another. It's huh. crazy. That's oh, hopefully no social media networks latch onto that and start influencing people in those veins. That would be scary. Hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, I love a book, but if there's some audio version of it, I'm probably going to do that because I can listen to it while I'm driving. And I, I'm usually, well, I'm in my car a lot. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, it's subjective how we intake uh, books. And I, and I usually prefer books for entertainment. Um, so you read fiction. 
Yes. Gotcha. Versus or ver, versus um, you know, a, a Zen book, for example. <laughs> I would if I wanted something to let to help me go to sleep, I would probably take See, the Zen book because it probably wouldn't take very many pages to knock me out. <laughs> Morgan represents to me in many ways a very uh, you're sort of exemplary often of Western cynicism. Yeah. Towards well, he doesn't uh, want to hear my theory on fatigue and being knocked out. I'm kind of scared about your theory of fatigue, but mm -hmm. go ahead. (laughs) What are you going to say? I have a theory that uh, you are knocked out and fatigued when you shouldn't be based on your brain doing too much um, active learning, too much active new information processing that it tires it out. So doesn't that happen in college though? I've tried to I've tried to observe this by yawns actually and and studied it via yawns. See, there's one right there. Uh, but that's just because it's 1230 in the morning uh, on a Wednesday and you got to work. So that one I, I excuse. But when it's like the middle of the day and I'm having a conversation with yeah. someone and say I'm engaged in like uh, um, a, an intense conversation about an important topic, whatever. If a yawn happens early on, it's not because the people are necessarily bored. That's the superficial view of it because i look past that and i'm like what's their brain doing right now as i'm having this conversation the brain doesn't really know what boredom is it it doesn't neurologically comprehend the concept to me i've observed this through several years it's when the filter is being over worked for new information so if you picked up that Zen book, yes, perhaps, but you might be wrong about this because it might be saying things that you might actually enjoy reading about. Maybe not. Maybe your bias going in will skew the results <laughs> completely. But if somebody on a lower level of consciousness, this is why I don't think it would happen to you. <laughs> if somebody on a low level of aptitude and consciousness picked that book up, they wouldn't make it a page or two because the concepts in that book are not primed for their brain to comprehend. And I think information works like this. I think this is how enlightenment works. I think we just literally do not understand and comprehend things that our brains are subjectively not prepared to comprehend and understand. And I think that is how consciousness sort of works and scales. And that's why you can't, like Miguel said a million times in this program, you can't teach an ape how to do rocket science because there's a lot of stuff in between throwing shit at each other and rocket science that has to be covered. And if the ape is not willing to stop balling shit in his hand and throwing it at his counterpart, he's never going to make it to rocket science. So there's a little bit of um, proactiveness, I guess, along the way that has to be undertaken and that comes down to the brain wanting to do it so if you go in saying you know i am open-minded enough to yeah, reading the, the, this zen book the brain in in essence though is a is a slow computer yeah and some people are happy with 56k modems and still scrolling <laughs> the internet at, well that's that's basically what the brain is is a 56k modem on everyone no because that yes but but that is there's unproven. only what, what do you mean that's not proven? Because we have quantum computers. We have quantum... Yeah, computers... Mach- a computer outdoes the human brain by a million trillion times. 
No. Oh, yes, it does. It works the other way around. No. No, it doesn't. The brain's the supercomputer. It's, it's, it's a limited computer, and it's not even that fast. How do we test who's right and wrong here? Well, I think they already have. It's like 50 bytes or something. I mean, it's not, it's not even that fast. Your brain can't process. Well, it's probably debated, but your brain doesn't necessarily process information on nearly the level of a 56K modem. Well, you just got done talking about the fact that I can flash 500 words a minute. In I can read the words. It doesn't mean I've comprehended them. So what's the, th- what's the uh, bridge that gets from reading to comprehending? Like, what does it take to be able to do that? Look, if all you got's a phone line, that's all you've got. If you can't I, turn the phone line into fiber. What I'm suggesting, Morgan, is in closing here, is if if I want to be if I want to train my brain to become similar to uh, the Facebook machine learning algorithms, how do I do it? How do how do I get to it? Do I just ingest information like the algorithms are doing on uh, millions and the algorithms don't understand the information? They're just processing it they're just intaking the data they don't consciously sit there and think we do consciously sit there and process some of the information the machine algorithms don't but they're able to create new algorithms and new machine learned processes based on the information they're ingesting we're able to do it and be conscious about it and develop consciousness so uh, tell me again how a computer exceeds a human brain when it has no semblance of consciousness, period. Just in processing power, it exceeds the human brain already. Processing Probably power, 20 years perhaps. Ago. Yes. But that doesn't equate to anything. Well, that's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time before we upload our brains into a computer. It's only a matter of time. That may happen in our lifetime. I think, man, I don't know. That's the that's the lazy approach to progress. You're the shortcut king. Let's <laughs> say you figured that part out. Where do you stand on on this in closing, Miguel? The the consciousness machine versus man bit. Because I always like to think that whatever technology can do was at some point something the human did. Otherwise, we wouldn't have the means to design the technology around it. We wouldn't comprehend. Quantum computers didn't pop up out of thin air. Their ability to process these things and these programs. You can think of the tool that does the processing, but Mm -hmm. you may not understand the processing. Yeah, the whole point of technology when it comes to a computer was to make things easier and be more advanced than we can think. It goes back to the abacus. Um, Basically, that's the point of computers is for to have a device or something that processes information better than the humankind. But again, I think where you guys are only separated is because Sasha is thinking like me when it comes to data, mathematical equations, things that you might consider superficial. Mm -hmm. When it comes to consciousness and looking at existentialism and spirituality and a lot more things have to do with consciousness than just numbers. Of course, the human mind is always going to be better than even quantum computing. There's going to be things that a quantum computer with a level of data is thinking from Star Trek, okay? There's going to be something that is so, let's say, 500 years advanced from now. 
that is still not going to be able to quantify certain things about the human psyche. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when it comes to numbers, sure, absolutely the quantum computer can kick your ass. Yeah. When it comes to certain levels of of thinking and emotion and consciousness. So can the 10-year-old Chinese student, by the way. It it, it can't quantify that. It can't quantify that data. How do you quantify emotions? How do you quantify memories? How do you well, quantify? Well, they're chemical reactions, and it's probably only a matter of time before the chemical reaction. I don't know is that a thought's a chemical reaction. Really? You yeah. don't think your brain lights up chemically when you have thoughts? It does, but we don't know where those thoughts come from. Chemical reactions can be blamed for, I think, and held responsible for when it comes to love, uh, when it comes to any emotion, any emotion. But I think that there is levels of consciousness that we don't have an understanding of right now that are like it's like how do you how do you quantify that yeah they're they're unmapped unmapped. that's the best way to put it so again that's why you see all these neurological studies saying hey now we can attach this to this part of the brain this to this part of the brain this to this part of the brain they're just doing that the brain's map but the connection of how the synapses work is not complete is not we're, we're getting there but yeah i don't think we're that far away we're but, not. but what that does in my rubber band theory is it it pushes the rubber band to extend even further and we get to experience new unmapped options that we haven't covered yet. You don't think there's levels of consciousness, Morgan, that we are probably never going to be able to map? Levels of unconsciousness, yes. Consciousness, no. I don't think so. <laughs> Imagine someone know. saying this. 500 years ago. <laughs> Imagine someone saying this 50 years ago, saying, oh, there's like right now, here's an analogy. This, the calculator I have on my phone. <laughs> it can kick my ass when it comes to certain mathematical equations. No yeah. doubt. No doubt. But when it comes to certain levels of both the conscious and unconscious mind, no, I don't care. I mean, a, a, a thousand years from now, yeah. I don't know how that's going to, how you can find that scientifically tangible enough for it to outdo me because it, 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 it it's consciousness is untangible information it is something that you can't put on paper something that sometimes you can't describe it's and if we do put it on paper typically it translates into technological advancement or it can philosophical advancement it, it can but again philosophy is also subjective there's certain things that we sure. read in those pages that mean you were going to pr- appreciate love there's other people going to be like that's bullshit, bullshit right yeah so again um can, uh, depending on their level of consciousness you know what this always reminds me of and i'm going back to my nerd i'm always using a book or movie reference there was my favorite stephen king book of all time short story called the john do you remember did i tell you about that one Mm, maybe a, in, in it, brief it's in a skeleton crew collection it's where uh in oh, the yeah, future he yeah. yeah he discovers this guy discovers accidentally teleportation and you can teleport objects with no problems you can teleport people no problems as long as they're asleep what happened was if you try to teleport somebody while they're awake they come out on the other side feeling like they were gone for a million years and they're completely lost and end up scratching out their own fucking eyes. Mm. What the scientists figured out is you can teleport the physical body, but you cannot teleport consciousness. Uh-huh. You cannot. The computer in that story was not able to have the data because it can copy your cells. It can copy your hair and everything, but it doesn't know how to teleport or quantify consciousness. <laughs> yeah. So you end up going fucking mad on the other side, whatever's left of it. Yeah. So even then, people were like, Stephen King, who's an amazing storyteller, kind of understood how or asked the question, 
how the fuck does a computer even begin to quantify or understand the human psyche or the consciousness that is behind it? How? How does it? How can it? Maybe a million years from now, Morgan, <laughs> when you have AI that is so Synthesis? advanced or synthesized, I don't, I don't think it'll. I really don't think it'll take that long. I don't know how it. Well, we don't. How, you could how argue Neuralink's going to try to do something like that, but even that, right? I mean, especially well, if you're somebody who you believe in, maybe you believe in the possibility of life after death, Morgan. I don't. Depends on the day, I guess. <laughs> I'm mean, honest. What would yes and no? What would existence after death be, but a leftover remnant of your consciousness? What would it be? It's not your body walking around. It'd be God. It would be, okay, how do you quantify God? And an atheist or, is asking you, how or, does a computer understand or, God? I'm simple, theory, though. Or I'm simply a cocoon. Sasha's I'll become a butterfly says, when I die. Sasha's theory says you, when you pass on, you experience whatever your version of God or no God yeah, you that's, had. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what? That's, that's reaping what you sow? What's wrong with that? That's an easy answer that makes everyone happy. And I don't <laughs> What's know wrong that with that. Well, I don't know that that's real. That's not real. But it can be verifiably real if people give it a shot. <laughs> hey man, I'm down to go flatliners. I'm talking Miguel, I have no I have no proof yet that it's not actually the reality we live in. You remind me of uh, that you reap what you sow tit for tat. And that your experience of reality is exactly what you put into the reality. It's a mirror. That's really boring. <laughs> Super fun. That boring. means you're boring. No. <laughs> you you just lived, say, 80 years, and then when you die, you gotta live the same essential 80 years and the same essential thing? What do you uh, mean? I don't think that's what he meant. No. I, I think that I whatever mean, you did in those 80 years. What you get out of life is what you put in. And it's it's what it's the energy. It's yeah, but that's the, so subjective. Uh, Extremely subjective. Exactly. That's the point. Unmeasurable. No, because there's a scale to it. How is there a scale? Just look at what idiocracy gets out of life. Or if they're 100% happy or, people, then what are they getting out of life? They're getting everything out right. of life. Right. Ignorance is bliss. But that's not because of... That's not because of... It doesn't define bliss. I see what Morgan's saying, though. How do you quantify putting good into life, and how do you quantify putting bad? What's like, putting in? What's putting I think it's, in life? You, I think you, if you're talking about deeds and negative and positive energy, like if, if you're just a negative, hateful piece That's of stuff shit. stuff like courage, I guess, comes into play in my mind. That's like the first word that sparks in my mind. The courage to live life. To live life with no limitations, but have those... Have that that shaville already. He, all, but where I'm going with this is saying no limitations as compared to what you've seen people set their limits to be. And actually pushing that's, forward. That's my line. I said we should live this life like it's the main event, not a fucking dress rehearsal. And all you see around you is dress rehearsal. Is it? Maybe that's their main event. I and know. Who are you to judge it? But no, that's what I'm saying is that scary. if that's the case, then... Who are they to say, I can't say they're a little bit behind on the consciousness scale? 
that I'm developing. <laughs> <laughs> you need to, you actually need to like I'm allowed I'm allowed to say okay that could be your main event I don't care that's fine but I'm allowed to say that's not my main event and I'm allowed to make a bigger main event for myself. I feel sorry for people who they justify living their life like it's a dress rehearsal by saying crazy shit like well i may not be happy in this life but i'm going to be happy in the next we, or uh, and or they i've heard them say shit like that i'm going back to the reagan era whenever he was surrounded by the the moral majority that said we shouldn't worry about um the, the environment because you know jesus is coming the world is ending we're all going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell it's like you're that, not caring about this bliss. life. That's weird. That's their it, it's their bliss. It's such a perverse disrespect to the life we're given, whether or not you believe it came from God or whatever. It's like I'm not going to put too much of an emphasis on this life because I got a next one waiting for me. It's like, well, fuck you, live that life. I'm not. Yeah. I don't know what happens afterward. I have no idea what happens after I die, and I'm not going to pretend to know. I know what I would like to happen. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, so I'm not going to fucking pretend like. It's okay. it's gonna be okay because in the next life I'm gonna be taken care of. Like that's perverse in my opinion. But there are billions of people who feel that way. Not being hyperbolic, not millions, billions of souls who feel that way. And that to me is is incredibly tragic. That they would justify trivializing, marginalizing their existence in this life because they think, oh, then that's all right. The next one's gonna be better. So yeah, that's, that's how they feel about small number of people that actually think that way. You think though. somewhere? What? Yeah. That's not what religion teaches. I think Miguel's though. spot on. No, I don't think so. I haven't made an as above, so below uh, reference in this episode. I'm going to do it in, in closing, closing. Why not? Yeah. But I think you're on to something because that's what people do day to day. Yeah. They say, oh, I'm not worried about today. Tomorrow's right around the corner and tomorrow will be better. But then tomorrow comes and they treat tomorrow like they did yesterday. And do shit different, yeah. Nothing different. And as above, so below tells me that I can observe how they go about their day-to-day, and I can assess based on that how their larger perspective of reality and the world works. I'm allowed to play psychology with people that show me how they go about living life. There's There's no block on me using the data they give me as real human beings that shows me they don't do much and saying, okay, it's not up to you to dictate what can be done. You don't do much. So if I limit myself to a view of reality that is constricted to somebody who doesn't do much because that's assimilatory so or that. What is, what is doesn't? do much what is not doing much what does that tan what does that tangibly mean that's where it gets difficult to discuss on a subjective level because when i'm doing a lot i can't necessarily quantify or prove to you that i'm doing a lot but i can prove over time perhaps that what I do ends up doing what? <laughs> and if I see the, okay, I've tried to do it with the show a little bit and evidence it out in very um, 
rudimentary ways that the discussions we have here have a tangible effect on the discussions that are had in the larger picture. I believe that to be true. I believe that we access a certain level of commentary and conversation here that not many trifectas in modern times do. That's not uh, boastful. That's not ego. That's not uh, listen to us so we can make more money. That's me trying to act like the people in the book of Zen (laughs) for the righteous reasons saying, I legitimately believe that. But I also believe that on my own individual time, I carry that same prerogative and I don't necessarily go out preaching. I don't go out um, shaking hands with strangers, telling them my life philosophies. I'm actually quite quiet, observant, and silently processing stuff around me to determine what my next move is. And my next move turns into next moves for other people sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And I just quietly, I'm not saying, I'm not saying people I know. That's the cool part. It's, anyways, meandering 79. It's hard to prove these things in real time, Morgan, because I don't know that it's time to prove them. (laughs) But you've already made so many judgments on them. That's, That's what I'm curious about. It's based on data. It's based on the result that we've experienced as a quote unquote reality saying, okay, this, this got us here. Thoughts, ideas, concepts, ways of thinking, negativity, outweighing positivity got us here. And people like you've said plenty of times aren't taking accountability for their for the results. No, we give them excuses. Right. But that doesn't change anything. Excusing people doesn't make the problems go away. Accountability does. And I, if I want to be accountable for every one of my thoughts, my actions, my words, if I want my word to be impeccable and flawless, I'm allowed to aim for that. And if I'm honest about it and I execute properly, then over time, I get better at being closer to impeccable with my word. And then I don't know. very, very subjective again. Just because you try to be impeccable but doesn't I know mean what, you become impeccable. But I know what impeccable doesn't look like. In your mind. No, in data's minds. In, in fact, mind. well, now I have access to knowing what misinformation looks like and what slander looks like and what incorrectness and idiocracy looks like. I have all of this over the last 20 years that shows me, again, that mirror that I needed to say, this is what not to look like if you're striving for impeccable. So all you have to do is run in the other direction, full speed ahead, consciously say, hey, if this and this and this and this are the like foundation of what not impeccable and not good and not um, further away from absolution or integrity looks like, then 
let me focus on things that are outside of that spectrum and let me see where it takes me. That's kind of why I do these extreme diets to begin with. Because I look around, I'm like, well, if I don't want to look like that, then I don't want to do what they're doing. And that's why I eat two things, period, for the last five months. Because I look I around. I sure hope you're taking vitamins. No, I've tested that too to no, see. I don't if, need the vitamins. I want to see if bone loss happens. I want to see if that's all bullshit that Centrum's trying to sell me into my 60s so I could buy Centrum Silvers and all that. It, I think it's all bullshit. Okay. I think it might all be bullshit. Okay. The whole vitamin movement of the 90s, maybe it's all bullshit. Pretty sure it's, the vitamin movement has been around a lot longer than the 90s. No, the, the gummies, the, the Flintstones, Centrum stuff. Yeah, I bet you Flintstones, I closed my One computer, but I bet you they didn't just pop up in the 90s. Well, let's save that one for another day. Yeah. Because the 79th episode. Let's get to the other day. Yeah, like, day, right? like I said, this last talk should have come with uh, this conversation. Might be a little intense. <laughs> But not really. Have a good night. You got to say bye. Good week. Later. Whenever on the timeline.